0: Are you a brewhead? head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brewhead? head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brew Head. Welcome to episode 68 of Here Another Super Podcast, Adjunct Series Quarantine Edition. This evening, we have a, a very special podcast from a region that we talk about here often and we haven't even spoken to anybody from there in the last 15 or so months. So uh, I'm super amped for this because it's the closest I've been to uh, the greatest, one of the greatest places on the planet. So before I get into that, you know the vibes. We're going to be talking about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Nick's Amazing Man Stuff. For everybody who has a beard, this is, this, this stuff is for you, mate. So look talked about this we've been working with these guys for the last two months since uh, april i received these products in january i've been using them every day you can see that they're kind of like you know mostly empty um i genuinely love them that's why we decided to collaborate with them for a few months um you know april through june here now these guys are based out of massachusetts everything about them is craft beer to um they are completely everything is made in the states from the bottles the liquid inside everything's completely made in the states they have uh, a series of these products. This particular one I'll be talking about tonight are a uh, beard oils. They do oils, balms, and uh, face sanitizer, which is kind of crazy because it smells like citrus and you just spray your face and you're good to go. Now, they're doing a Brewmaster series where they're collaborating with major breweries in New England like Trillium, Treehouse, Lawson's, Vitamin C. Uh, and they're actually creating beard oils based on some of their biggest beers in collaboration with the breweries, which is insane to me. Um, their, this particular one is their signature series. So they just have different scents. So this one here is zero. This one is just unscented. It's just straight essential oils and it's essential oils and not fragrance oils. The fragrance oils get you shit all like itchy and messy with the skin. These bad boys are, um, this is the unscented one and that's number zero. And this is the number nine. Number nine has lavender, orange blossom and sandalwood, just like a super earthy, but a little bit sweet from the, uh, the orange scent. I really love it. It's made my beard a ton more, uh, a ton softer. I feel like it's like, it's a little straggly now. I've been seeing the barber next week on this, but the, you know, these things have really kept my shit together. I really enjoy them. Their quality, you know, the essential oils as well that they make them. with. you can tell it's mad quality because they were saying to me that this, the specific essential oils are like a couple hundred dollars for like an ounce because they, if they make say vanilla, the actual vanilla beans in the oils. It's kind of wild. Like they make the stuff like super, super real. None of this like fake natural flavoring and stuff. So um now there's gonna be a link in the description here. It's DrNyx, D O C T O R N I C K S dot com. If you use the code B A O S 21, you get uh 15% off your order. And if your order is over $40, it's free shipping in North America. Uh, these will go for these are really reasonably fast. So it's like a $21, 22 $23, something like that. And um you know you can buy two of these bad boys make free shipping you get 15 percent off everybody wins your face is smooth you smell good mom what do you mean so with that said um this evening we spoke with these guys back in i think it was when we did i don't know when it was released but it was about february 2019 um you know vermont is uh, a really special place to us Deadass is my favorite place on the planet i can't even you know it's not even exaggerating it's it's a it's just such, such an important place it's you know it's only uh, two hours direct from here to Burlington, 45 minutes to the border, which isn't too far across where these guys are. So, um, you know, we we haven't had any, you know, haven't been there. We usually go to Vermont every other month type of thing. And we haven't been back since March last year. since right before everything shut down. So to talk to some folks in Vermont who are making phenomenal beer and, you know, like living in that scene, I'm super excited for this. Um, I'm going to just bring these guys right on. So guys, Please welcome Levon and Terry from Mill River. There we go. Good to see you guys, man. Welcome. Thank you for hanging That's out. Fine. Yeah, man. Doing great. You boys good? Everything okay down there? Yeah. Yeah, here for it. So you guys are in St Albans, VT, so it's like probably the it's like Swanton just before the border and St Albans is like the next town down. So you guys are super close, like ten minutes from the Canadian border, which is uh, you know, super convenient. So we've we got a lot to get into. Like I was saying, I, we haven't actually spoken to anybody from Vermont in the last 15, and 16 months on the pod. So mate, I'm super keen. Of course, we're thirsty. We're gonna get straight into the brews. We're gonna kick off with this one. Hello, my name is Beer, love it. Doesn't get any more straightforward than that. Nice crushable lager. This was not around last time I was there. So I'd love to tell us about this one, guys. Is there anything we need to know about this particular beer? What's going on with it?
1: Smells great, uh, Levon. I'll let you start. start.
2: Um, I mean, it is what it is. It's uh, <laughs> it's my name, it's beer. <laughs> it's uh, our, our offshoot of our nice, crisp, clean lager.
0: I love it. How long has yeah. this one been around?
2: Um, Probably a little over a year. Okay. Yeah.
0: Because yep. I don't recall um, a bunch of uh, lagging options the last time, which mm. would have been, yeah, 2019. Um, yeah. It, like if you brought it in about then, was that because of the pandemic? Did you have like a, an opportunity to actually maybe get into some laggers, whereas before you, you might not have been able to?
2: Yeah. I think. Tank space was more readily available, just yeah. from what, what we were going through. Um, totally. we're, we're a smaller brewery, so tank space isn't always available when we want it. So of course. We, we, when we uh, when production slowed down and everything slowed down, we we got to mess around with a few things that were kind of on the back burner for a while.
0: Finally, get to test it out a bit. That's awesome. was this the first like yeah. crispy Boy that you guys have done?
2: Um, no, we had done a Mexican-style lager before that, um, and this is kind of an ad- adaptation of that. What was that called? Um, uh, Molino Cerveza.
0: I had that. I think I had that last time. Yes, okay. Just yeah, wasn't the probably. season because it was February. So, okay. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, first of all, <laughs> cheers, boys. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Yeah, this is great. Exactly what it says it is. Nice, crispy, multi grainy a little bit cereal. Um, what do you what's yeah. the uh, what's the hot profile in this bad boy?
2: Very minimal. Yeah. Is it SARS? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we use SARS, yeah, and Cascade.
0: SARS and Cascade, okay. Yeah, I can get a bit of the Cascade in there actually. I feel like it kind of shines a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, that's dope. Is this uh, how was the response to this type of beer? Or, or and also was this like something that you guys had wanted to do more of, you know, given the Tank space restrictions.
1: Um this one lately it's it's been our like number one seller in our area, right? You know, okay. we're coming up the summertime. We're we're coming up the summertime. You want to be on a lawnmower with a spear, right? Yes. Uh um it's definitely changed a little bit with with COVID with tank space because dining seating. We're not maybe going as through as much beer, so uh, I would say we made it like a, the St. Albans Market is well aware of Hello, and when a fresh batch or when we do some keg infusions that we can talk about a little bit for this Hello at the restaurant, they sell out pretty well. Okay, is that like um, what's that thing called again? When you do the infuser, Randall, is it like a Randall? It's not it, a rando. Yeah. We don't have. We don't have the. It, it's, it's like I mean, similar, okay. Kind, okay. similar to it. We don't Ish. have the rando machine. Yeah. Um. But but the now. We may do. Yeah, we may do a single keg infusion. So I may put some some added ingredients or something like fruit into a like a brink, Right. Let the beer age, you know, a, week, a couple days, or depending on what it is, keg it, carve it off, and put it on tap. I like that. That's
0: dope. That's a, like an interesting like flip on that. Um, yeah. Do you think that this is going to be something that you guys are going to keep doing? Like, do you think? Or, or I guess maybe now that things are opening up, I imagine that perhaps uh, you know the the approach might change. Um, you know, is this something that, that people can expect more of? You think, as as you sort of, excuse me, um, you know, as time passes.
1: So. Yeah. Hello, is staying around. Hello is not going anywhere. Um, yeah. ho- hopefully in the next couple weeks we're going to be releasing um, a one-off for right now for the summer. Hello, aged John, jalapenos and limes. Oof. Okay. Um, so we're going to be canning that, I believe, on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, so, I've. That's awesome. When I, yeah, when I when I came on board a few months ago. I kind of brought some of the, like, keg infusion ideas. Um, I, I like brewing with peppers, uh, like hopping with pepper like f- dry pepper, you know, hopping with dry peppers. Peppery. <laughs> dry peppery. Dry peppering, yeah. right? Is that what it is? Yeah, dry sure. <laughs> Um So we've done jalapeno. We've done habanero. Uh, we've done Thai chili. Uh, currently in my garden outside, I've got ghost peppers growing, to do that you know come late august early september so you got to have fun that's, yeah, that's the way to look
0: at it big facts yep. i love it now that's awesome yep. um you know what let's get into your uh both your respective beer history so people might remember i don't remember what episode it would have been probably in the early in like the hundreds hundred and something uh where we had the whole mill river crew on there was like mm-hmm. yourself uh levon your brother your cousin Who I think were kind of running the show for the most part, and then all of your uncles and and all that type (laughs) of stuff were there. It got a little raucous. It was super fun. It was probably the most people we'd ever had on a podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was a great experience. Uh, We're gonna keep it a little (laughs) tighter. And it was fun because they were delivering food during it and stuff, and like you know, there was a whole bunch of respect. It was it was cool to see the family aspect of the brewery and really to see that everyone cared enough that they were like no we want to be here for this and we want to all say our peace and i thought that was like, super cool you know um as you know yeah. difficult as it was to keep things in line as the day progressed or as the episode progressed it was uh it was a really good experience though because the food was phenomenal you know bringing that chicken wings so we all i think some people needed to eat a more eat a few more chicken wings than others but um maybe let's get into both yeah. of your uh, so it's definitely worth checking that one out for for maybe a more in-depth history we are going to get into that today probably a little bit bit different so you boys want to maybe break down uh each of your individual beer histories and then we can just sort of talk through the, the history of the brewery itself whoever yeah. wants to go first
1: uh i'll go first go why, not? why not perfect so i've uh, been brewing commercially now for what uh, three-ish years a little over three years nice um i started at prohibition pig in waterbury Ooh. And I was there with Nate, you know, for a solid few years, and then COVID struck. Hmm. And unfor- unfortunately, I was furloughed, like a lot of us were. Um, David and the team at Mill River, the family at Mill River, found out I was becoming available for a little bit. And we had some conversations, and awesome. I moved, you know, I moved, transferred kind of up to St. Albans, and I've been there. So other than that, for my beer history, it's just been pro-pig and then home-brewing. That's about all for me.
0: Right. So you didn't study or anything like that? It was just home-brewing and then applied for a job?
1: Yep. Yep. Home-brewing and then thrown into an ocean, sink or swim. Is that? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Luckily enough, you know, I was going to say, luckily enough, Nate, you know, pro-pig, fantastic brewer, too. And um, he taught me everything that I know that I've brought up here. So it's it's been good.
0: Yeah, it's a great, great, you know, that's, like, a legendary place out there. Vermont. So, that's, like, a, a really cool like, history to to have an experience to have on your resume. I think it's pretty dope that you went straight from homebrewing to probably from pig of all places. That's pretty, it's pretty wild. Is that... Yeah, I new, got... Is that normal? Like, to just to, for, like, homebrewing to go straight to that? I mean, like, everywhere in Vermont is killer? So, like, if you're in Vermont... No, just, you know.
1: uh, probably not. You know, like, I was in, like, a unique situation. I, um... I was uh, in. I was working for Tesla at the time before Pro, before prohibition pig, and when Elon like did like Order Sixty Six and fired us all, um, I needed a job and a, a mutual friend hooked um, Nate and I up and we chatted about everything, and it just worked out. Um, I would say though most of the time some experiences that might come in for like hey you come and help can for a couple days a week or you know, bartend and learn, you know, maybe the front end of the experience or the packaging and before you get thrown right into the brewing or cellar work per se.
0: Mm. That would make sense. Um, and yep. I, I guess it's, you know, re- relationships are everything in life period. So, yes. I mean, if you guys got along and you know, the culture fit, yeah, the, the, the actual job can pretty much be taught for the most yeah. part. To, to anybody within reason i know there's a lot of science and stuff that you need to know for that which probably helps if you have that background but all right that's dope man um and it's only been a few months you said right like this year
1: i've been i've been at mill river now for uh i would say actually six months now it's been a six little bit longer than i thought when i looked six months yeah
0: okay dope yeah,
1: was, so yeah we, go no, i was just gonna say i was we were fur- we were both furloughed for a while and just worked out that's all
0: Love it. That's great. Um, I, was, yeah. I don't know if this is a question for after, as we sort of progress, but what, what do you think, and this is probably for both of you, then we'll get to your history as well, but what from being that you're both, are you, is you two the only brewers at Mill River, or the prime, like the main guys writing the show, writing recipes and, and all that? Yep. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, the two of us. Yep. Okay, perfect. What has changed, what, what did you bring to the table that changed um, what Mill River do? or the way that maybe you guys approach beer being that it's like I'm sure, obviously there's a team of people who would be putting in their thoughts and, and all that type of stuff but if you guys are driving the bus I imagine you know there'll be some changes perhaps or whatever tweaks whatever it might be like what from both of your sides like what, what has that introduction from you know from your new energy and new perspective brought to the, to the brew yeah um, I'll start Levon if you
1: want if you don't mind Um, I've definitely brought over some process change, process changes, you know, um, when somebody brews like Levon, he was brewing by himself for a long time, you know, he sees it potentially one way and it's nice when you can get a second person who has experience. It's like, Hey, have you ever thought about it this way? You know, Mm. so I've, I've brought over some, just some brewing process changes, um, Overall, uh, let's see what uh, beer-wise, you know, trying to ex- yeah, expanding the profile um, yeah. a little bit. We've definitely since I've joined uh, Mill River has expanded the profile a lot, um, and the creativity with just the single keg infusion, just having fun. You know, gotta have fun at work. You know, we're brewing beer. Like, how many people? like wish that they were like us in a way, like, hey, you get to brew beer for a living. It's pretty good. Kind of I- yeah, it's yeah. like, what kind of ideas do you have? So right. I've had, you know, ideas over the years, epic fails, right? But then I've had some home runs, knock it out of the park. So uh, I would say that definitely that's um, what I've brought to the table is helped Mill River evolve their beer profile.
0: I like that. And from your perspective, Levon, being that you were running the show before that, um, like, you know, what has, how has that changed for you and changed the process and the way that you sort of approach everything?
2: I mean, everything's been great. Um, being able to bounce things off from each other instead of just doing it all on my own has helped out a lot. Um, and as far as, like Terry said, processes, just I'm from a different background he was from a different background. So putting the two of them together, I think we've found a good solution on what works the best for both of us and for the brewery itself and the equipment that we have. That's
0: dope. I love that. Um, Tell us about your beer history from your side.
2: Um, I'm kind of similar to Terry. I (laughs) I went from uh, home brewing to kind of thrown straight in family run business and, uh, I started out doing a little cellaring and helping on the side when I could. And then we lost our brewer and I was full swing brewing on my own. <laughs> well, how, long, so, how long into it did that happen? Like how long? Uh, did um, like probably six months of me being part time in there. And I was full time doing it all. <laughs> how was that? Um, it was good. Um, it was scary at first a little nerve-wracking but uh once you get your bearings it's it's good it's a lot of fun um it's a challenge which is nice because every day is something new and every brew is something different so it's never the same thing which is cool i love that did you Uh, did you study or homebrew
0: like like terry um
2: no i i I did some homebrewing i studied um um, science in college. I had a lot of uh, chemistry and uh, biology background from being in exercise science. Um, but other than that, no, uh, just some home brewing with uh, either by myself or with some family members. But other than that, I had no commercial brewing experience and until I got thrown into it.
0: <laughs> I love it. Just both, like both of you it sounds like it just right in the ocean, getting it done. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. So, Pivoting then to the history of the brewery, tell us about how the brewery came about, well, when it opened, what the intention was, being that you guys are actually positioned as a um, smokehouse, as barbecue and smokehouse mm-hmm. brewery. But yeah. yeah. So tell us, tell because it sounds yeah. like all of that's a part of the story. Tell us a little about that.
2: Yeah. So when we first started out, um, it was mostly my father and uh, my uncle. Um, they were doing some home brewing. And on Mondays, when my uncle had the day off, they would, my dad would bring down his smoker and they would do some smoked meats, whether it was ribs, brisket, wings, pulled pork, didn't matter. Um, They would just get together and it turned into just my, my father and my uncle and uh, a group of people taking Mondays off and just getting together to brew beer and have smoked meats. So, uh, one day they decided that they were going to turn it into a business venture. And uh, in 20, uh, 2017, we we opened the restaurant. And later, in, I think it was July of 2017, we opened the restaurant. And in the fall of 2017, we opened the brewery. Finally got all our stuff and opened the brewery.
0: Okay. So it's been coming up on uh, four years now. Yeah. Since
2: everything. Okay. Yep.
0: Um. How, like, over the, you know, being that you guys are in a, arguably, like I think it's the best state for craft beer in in the States. I don't know. I feel biased. I imagine you guys are biased, too. Are you guys both from Vermont? I am Um, not. You're not? Where are you from, Terry?
1: I'm from New York.
0: Okay. Represent. Uh, uh,
1: Yeah. Oswego, New York. A little small town in central New York.
0: Okay. Um... Are you both? Do you both think that Vermont is the has the best beer in the U.S. Or are you uh, not not as biased?
2: It's up there for it's
1: sure. It's up there. I just yeah. I, I I can go I can go anywhere in the world and find a beer I like. That's it's true. really it's really tough to like you know su- like. it's subjective, but Super. that's how I yeah that's how I feel. But it's like anywhere I go, it's like oh yes, I will try you kind of thing.
0: Right. I feel, okay, well, I'd be curious then. Maybe it's because we're from Canada and it's sort of like, you know, when we come down there, even though we we go there regularly, it's still like, oh my God, like it's always like a big deal. There's just like an energy there. It's just everything, the people are the nicest. The food is amazing. Everything's local. The beef is from that farm down the road and like all the beer is like, I dare you to find a shit beer. Like you just, it's amazing to us. Um, you are correct. Everywhere I travel is this this five beer. But what would you guys if you had to like, say the top five beer regions in the states? I know this is like this. I'm just curious now. From from some some folks in Vermont, what would you say that are the top five? Say in it could be worldwide or it could be in the states, whatever. Let's I'll see. First.
1: I'll do. I'll, of course, I'm going to go first, right? Well, we'll put Vermont <laughs> in the top five, right? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Denver color like. Denver, Fort Collins area, Colorado, Great call. Uh, C- uh, Seattle, Washington, uh, Portland, Maine, uh, man. In the last one, I'm going to say, uh, Chicago. Interesting. Yeah.
0: That's, that's a good list. Ivan, what's your, uh, what's yours?
2: I I was thinking, uh, yeah, Vermont would definitely be in the top five. Um, um, my fiance's family or my fiance has some family out in Arizona and I, I like a few breweries out in Arizona. Um, so I would say Arizona would be up there, Oregon, out in Portland, Oregon. Yep. There's a couple of good breweries, um, out there that I've been to, um, Park City, Utah. We have, we have, uh, friends in Salt Lake. So I love going out there and going to a couple of breweries there. And, uh, I would say maybe another one would be Florida, down like Sarasota, down around there. Interesting. Oh, there's there's a couple there.
0: Okay, that's that's a different list. I like that. Do you guys think it yeah. may be the um, the yeah. Vermont? Like what I noticed from my friends from Vermont is they will send me like I got a few people from going you know regularly end up becoming really good friends with some some folks. My good friend Rob. He's in, um, where's Fiddlehead? What's it called? Shelburne. He's in Shelburne. Yep, so Shelburne. he's, um, he's always sending me photos of what he's drinking. And, you know, he has access to everything. And I know you going to, you guys have the people passing through from Massachusetts and all this and New York. So you're just getting fire and fire. Everyone's trading, blah, blah, blah. So you have this just in, insane amount of stuff. And then he's sending me pictures of drinking Natty Light and fucking truly and like <laughs> just mixed drinks or whatever. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just like, over it like whatever and i feel like it might be some sort of level of um just overexposure to so much phenomenal beer that you just kind of like uh that again is is that a part of it at all i know this is oh terry's gone lost him he'll be back there he is um we got you back we got you
1: back Sorry about
0: that. You're right, man. Shit happens. It's been a uh, technologically uh, <laughs> uh, problematic evening. Um, yeah. Do you think that do, is that for you guys at all? Do you ever get just like oh, there's like there's no shortage of such world class beer that you kind of like not take it for granted, but, but I guess maybe it is that I don't know.
2: Maybe uh, a little. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I. I. I definitely do. At yeah. times, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of nice. You know, I have friends all the time. When I go home, I have friends that say, hey, can you bring me this, 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 and this? And I'm like, just
0: like why?
1: <laughs> why? I get, But then again, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, you're in central New York. They can't get anything, any of this. So I'm like, okay, I guess it kind of makes sense. But yeah.
0: I guess it's all access and proximity. really. So yeah. There's a lot of people I know here that go down like every road before. In the before times, you could go down like every weekend because they, they would have every release from all, you know, built to big account, foam and all that stuff. And they come back and like... Oh. I couldn't even imagine what they're spending because then you've got the dollar that's, that's let... Like we lose when we go down there too. And they're doing that. Rather than being local, they just go into Because we couldn't find what you guys... I guess really that's what it comes down to is that we couldn't find locally what you guys do on the world-class level for the longest time. We've caught up for the most part now. But I think that was a real sort of attractor. But there's something else about the one, I was going to say something in the water, but literally that water table that you have is, is unique and exceptional and <laughs> the mountains and that real focus on everything local, hyper-local. And it's uh, it just results in this ex- you know, exceptional kind of craft beer scene that you guys are a part of. This is kind of what was, I was just curious to your thoughts on, on you know, the overall mm-hmm. um, scene out there uh beer was saying here uh, comment commented said you florida for sure he's concurring with you with uh the florida call there's definitely i haven't been down there for years but um definitely some fire so anyway i, I digress back yeah. to it um so i was just gonna say like how how has things sort of changed for you guys as far as like from when you opened to kind of where you are now and even say even the last couple of years since we had you on like how have things changed as far as maybe not only just the approach to beer cause you kind of touched on that, but sort of what you're making and what people are asking for. Like, do people still want yeah. all that crazy haze that was like, like you know?
2: Yeah. I, I think there's still a little bit of a drive for the IPA market. Um, I mean, we still sell a lot of IPAs, whether it's a session, a single double triple, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I think loggers are making a comeback. Yeah, And uh, I'm happy about it because, I don't get me wrong, I love IPAs, but when, when that's all you're making, it's uh, it's not as fun. <laughs>
0: no, I can imagine getting a bit boring. I, 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 no, you, I, go on, Terry, yeah.
1: No, I was just going to say, I was going to piggyback off of something that Levon said, yeah, like, people love IPAs, but lately I feel like I've been... You know, been talking to people, and they want more like West Coast IPAs. You know, they might be getting Mm. kind of bored out a little bit with the New England IPAs. So, Mm. you know, I kind of we we made a we made a West Coast IPA. We released it a couple weeks ago. Um, I think we're cracking that tonight. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna crack that tonight. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but it's definitely uh, you know, when when you hear you, you know sometimes you. You don't change your profile or your beer, you know, off of one person. But over a course of three months, if you keep hearing the same kind of comment, that's when you kind of make your move. And, you know, New England IPAs are going nowhere, right? But if you can make a nice West Coast IPA to help even out your New Englands, definitely a right move there.
0: Yeah, good call. It's interesting. I guess I guess I'm asking because I'm curious to see like the, where the the palette is going. Because obviously, you guys tend to lead the craft beer scene like, globally, as far as the trends mm-hmm. to be. typically. Anyway, I can't think of any trend that started elsewhere, but you guys tend to start it, and then it kind of like spreads on to, to everywhere else. So that's interesting because we're starting to see that here, at the West Coast, the rise of the Lager, which I thought you guys kind of already had a decent amount of. Um, log uh, action out there or was it Does that feel like a, a more recent thing
1: uh no there's you know i would say, i would say you had you know you have von Trapp, right all yeah. they do is loggers yeah. so th- they've been on it forever um but i would i've been in vermont now for 6 years and i've definitely have seen more over the last couple years
0: okay
1: than cool. i than i did when i first moved up there <laughs>
0: Okay so it's starting to to so become more of a thing. Okay, I like to
1: hear that. Yep. I feel
0: like it was a little slower here in Quebec, but it's definitely like landed within the last 12 to 18 months. So I agree. I always thought that you guys always always had loggers everywhere. Um I feel like yeah, maybe it was on travel or just in general though. I feel like it was there was it was a little more um, You know, say like the the high kind of breweries always had the lighters out there. I feel like that kind of drove the market a bit. Um, So that is interesting. The West Coast IPA is fascinating. That's pretty cool. I mean, that must make things a little more interesting for you guys, even though, yes, it's another IPA, but it's a completely different profile you're trying to achieve and and stuff like that. that, I imagine you would have done them before, but now if there's more of a demand, that means there's like a, a bit more of an excuse for you to play with West Coast and what that could look like.
2: I, yeah, no, I think between. Sorry. No, you can go. You can I go. I, th- I think between us, that's one thing that we've found is that he likes different styles than I do, and vice versa. And it's it's helping us to push our boundaries on making those beer styles. Whereas before, it was tough for me to make something that I didn't like, but uh, now I'm I'm open to doing whatever, and hopefully I. I think both ways we'll we'll will both be open to making whatever style is is wanted, whatever style is needed.
0: I love that. Um, what were you gonna add to that, Terry, before?
1: Nope. I was gonna basically say the same thing. Like <laughs> to be honest, it's like there are styles that I love and there's styles that I I just it just doesn't do it for me. And it seems like It's opposite, you know, Levon and I are opposite with our styles. So we push, we push our boundaries with each other, uh, brewing wise, you know, you're only going to get better as a brewer the more times you're tested, right? If you make a New England IPA after New England IPA, after New England IPA, yeah, you're making good beer, but you're not like learning Mm -hmm. as a brewer, right? You know, lagers, you know, lagers can be tough to make, you know, uh, stouts, Bourbon barrel beers, sours, kettle sours. You know, you're going down – you can go down a different tra- – like a different train. So it's really nice when we can throw ideas off of each other
0: Definitely. to continue. I like that a yeah. lot, though. So on, on that, you are both saying you have different palates. Like what what are you guys – What where are those differences lie? Like, you know, what, what styles are you both liking and not liking? And how does
1: that kind of work
0: with you?
1: I I'm a sour drinker a lot. Okay. Like – and I so like my palate, yeah, um, that's, you know, Sours. I do like a little bit more of a multi, the West Coast IPA. Um, I, I, you know, I like just about everything. The only style that really doesn't agree with me personally are Saison's. And that's, and that's one beer that Levon likes. And it's just one beer that nothing flawed with beers at all. It just doesn't do it for me. That's all.
0: Right. Look, that's fair. Um, And then, Levan, are you not liking some of those things, like the
2: sours and stuff? No, I honestly, like West Coast, is not my favorite style. Um, But we made it, and I think it's amazing. Um, But out of (laughs) out of the styles that he likes, that I don't like, maybe (laughs) along the black lines of a black IPA or a black lager. Uh, (laughs)
1: Gotcha. Are you I both do like my go. On. I was just going to say I do like my black loggers and black my Schwartz beers and my yes. black IPAs. Yep.
0: Schwartz beers are incredibly underrated. Fuck, they're good, man. Yes, see them all the
1: time. Yes, <laughs> they are. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. Are you both willing to be convinced, or at the very least, even if you're not convinced, be like, do you sort of like have a? All right, fine. You want to do this? Let's just do it. Let's make it as best as we can, and hopefully, that's
2: yeah. That's how we do it, basically. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. It's like cool. Prove me wrong, yeah. or, or get me if into it. If one later. of
2: us is not in agreement, we're like, if we're gonna do it. Let's just do it right. Yes, <laughs> that's,
0: that's super dope. I really like that. Um, question, like, go on,
1: No, I was just gonna say, or it's like we pick our battles. Like, hey, you pick the last one. Now you gotta now, you, now. we have to brew mine that I want to do.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, you can go back yeah. back to back. I love that though. That's actually a really cool way to work and. and it sounds like it's helping you both kind of grow as far as your palate and expand your own you know, beer horizons as such, whilst also benefiting the consumers of Mill River, being that people now can try different styles that are done in a really great way. The, the, I'm sure complement a lot of the food items as well, which we'll get to shortly. Beer and a has a question. He said, for years, John Kimmich has been telling us to just drink the bloody thing out of the can. Are we elevating craft beer to something it was never meant to be? I think he's saying that because he saw you uh, leave on drinking the, the beer out of the can. Yeah. And, um, yeah. uh, and he also says, truth be told, I know the can more than the glass. And like, I do that too, actually, particularly for like IPAs or anything hoppy. I'm sitting here and I'll sip and I'll, while what are talking like, oh, about? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you guys, well, how do you guys feel about that?
2: Uh, I, I, it depends on the beer style
1: yeah it depends on if you want to you know have the if you have a glass if you have a glass next to you right if I'm home if I'm home relaxing on the couch you know I don't mind having the glass but if I'm out in the backyard doing yard work I don't need to worry about a glass right it's all that's, that's for me situational. It's situational for me
0: 100% that makes a lot of sense I always found it was kind of weird with that drink from the can thing but I always did I tried it either way and I felt like it tasted better in the can for Heady at least or for I, I mean. think
2: I, I agree Craig um, and some styles of beers I think a lot of pale ales Um the, the aroma and the nose comes out more in a glass yes but I, I feel like it's preserved more in a can than anything else definitely I, just, I kind of that's just me yeah, no,
0: I, I definitely feel you, and I always try and, like, try it either way, but there's something about, like, I don't know, I like to to see it as well, and, like, sort of, not overanalyze it, but, I know mean, if I haven't had it before, I want to see what it looks like,
1: Yeah, you know, and, yep. and,
0: and see if you can understand, oh, wow, this a great job with the clarity, this is crazy, you know, stuff like that, and just, like, <laughs> yeah. nerd out a little bit on it, but, because um, the visual is a, is a, is a part, that's the interesting that part about cans, I guess, you know, yeah. eat, eating, consuming stuff, drinking is a lot about the visuals. So like, right. you know, that's why we have plating and stuff like that. And obviously nice presentation. You've got the beer and glass and you're really looking, it's got the head and like, you know, the head's supposed to keep the aroma. I've been learning more from, uh, there's been a whole explosion of like Montreal or Quebec brewers that went to Prague and they went to Pills and all that stuff and they came back like obsessed so like a bunch of people mm-hmm. have been telling us about that and exactly how it's supposed to be. And you can get those things where it's like this much beer and, and this much head, like it's actually a thing. Like it's yep, kind of, this, yeah. yeah. what's it called again? A moose? No, moose means foam. There's like a name for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know the proper term. I just know I had it once in Denver at Beer Stout Lager House. It was like a, a slow pour Pilsner. It took eight minutes for them to pour my beer.
0: Pretty serious, eh?
1: And it it's, was well worth it. That is, it's cost totally effective. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably yeah. not super cost effective, but god damn it, it's a
0: yeah. whole other it's a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah. It's it's such a a beautiful thing. But um no, that's uh that's super fascinating as far as the Kansas stuff. But yeah, the um so that I love hearing that you guys have started to expand it a little bit. I mean, even sort of, you know, getting hold of the beers again. I remember I, I what we had last time. All of these beers are completely different. I haven't seen any of them before. So these are all you know yep. new new products that you guys are pumping out, which I love to see. Um, is it about time for the next one? Are we? Yeah,
1: sure.
2: Yeah, which one sure. do you want to do? I'm in blackberry. Yeah, or, yeah. I don't know. What yeah. do you think, Gary? Yeah,
1: we, yeah, we can do that.
2: Yep, yeah. here for yeah. it. Come on up.
0: Let's do it. Um, Bec, you got the um, the the wheat, the wheat the black blackberries. Yeah. It's the next one in the row. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, tell us about this one. So, it's a, it's, this is a fruited wheat ale.
2: Yep, um, we've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah, big, big favorite of a lot of people. Love that. The, so, it sounds like I, I a would say during during the summer, this is our our biggest seller for sure.
0: I love it. Blackberry rhubarb wheat ale. That's an interesting combination. Yeah. Um, usually, yep. I don't think I've ever heard of anything except strawberry rhubarb.
2: Um, yeah, little sweet, little tart.
0: Yeah, like no, I haven't even tried this from last time. Um, how did this one come about? Because that's a that's a pretty, like I said, a pretty unique combo right there.
2: Um, we have played around with blackberry before. Ooh. Um it smells And great. rhubarb yeah. just we've. We grew up with uh, a catering family, so always having rhubarb pies and stuff. Right. And I think my dad was just like, hey, let's try it in a beer.
0: Hey, man. simple. It, it smells so – oh, my God. It smells amazing. Like it. The color is gorgeous. Yeah. Nice and opaque, Wicked head. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm not, like, coming back to what you guys have been talking before. I'm not a wheat ale kind of guy. I used to be back in the day, but – yeah. There's something to be said about uh, wheat ales with fruited wheat ales. It bring, it like elevates mm. that whole experience and changes kind of the vibe. It's not that whole garden kind of thing that you think of. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a big fave with uh, with the locals. Oh, huge! Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why blackberry? Why was it blackberry and not something more obvious like strawberry?
2: Um, I think honestly because we had used strawberry in a few other recipes um, and just blackberry. Everybody expects strawberry rhubarb because strawberry rhubarb pie, strawberry rhubarb everything. Course, but yeah. just to try and change it up a little bit. Mm. Oh yeah, that's yeah, one other.
1: Yeah, go. I was going to hit on one thing about the strawberry. The other part about strawberry with beer—it's kind of tough to get. A true strawberry flavor through in beer,
2: right?
1: You know, you got mm. without going without spending a lot of money on juice concentrate or just a lot of strawberries. So the, the the pairing, the blackberry with the rhubarb, you know, you get the sweet from the blackberry with the tart of the rhubarb. It just it works. It works for us. Yeah. Does
0: rhubarb? I think another profile of I think it's um. Uh, bitter a little bit. Is that correct, or stringent, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Yeah, it can be yep. better, Yeah. Yep. Mm. Does that come through in this? I can't I, really tell. Like a little bit, maybe.
1: I, I may, for yeah, me personally, more, may, maybe a little bit, but nothing. Nothing, but nothing, nothing too no, crazy. It's very really light I on the back. back. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely feels like I, a back end thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think the it's the sweetness definitely more, of the blackberry. more
2: sweet. Mm. The, the blackberry puree definitely pushes through, and maybe a hint of the rhubarb on the back end, but nothing, nothing crazy.
0: No, it's definitely like it's almost like as you get as I drink more of it, get used to it, it kind of mm-hmm. smooths out. But the, 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 the I guess the contrast from the the lager to this at first it tasted <laughs> more bitter but now <laughs> now yeah. they have them one I'm like yeah it's like you know um mm-hmm. yeah man this is fascinating this is a great and the, yeah. the nose on the can like and Beer and Bozo just saying that like like it's su- like it's mm-hmm. less sweet in the glass than it is out of the can um mm-hmm. which is probably better because I feel like if you're drinking a wheat ale you're not really there for the, for the some sort of yeah. you know, sugar bomb right like it's not really what the mm-hmm. point of it is um yeah this is dope I feel like, is this style something that's like super common still? I feel like I don't see a lot of um, wheat ales around the world
2: these days. No, I'm not, looking not at really. No? no. No. Especially not fruited wheat. Um, I think there's, there's a few wheat ales around in Vermont that I've seen recently, but not fruited wheat. That's more gozas and IPAs and. Right, and milk, milk, yeah. and those
0: stuff like that. Okay, now milkshake nice. IPAs. Yes, is that still a thing? Because uh, up here, it's kind of died off. I feel like smoothie sours were the, uh, the new wave. Um, so, uh,
1: smoothie sours down, or smoothie Gozes, or you know, we see some places milkshake IPAs. We still see some places.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel have like we've done Have we done one yeah, yet? Done? No. Would you? Either.
1: Um. If we had a giant clientele that wants one, yes.
0: Okay, so you're not like you know, against it necessarily.
1: No, I'm not. A, I mean, personally, I'm not against brewing anything. Okay, you know, I don't, yeah.
2: Don't, I don't think I mean, we're against anything. It's just what what we should make versus what we want to make sometimes. Yep. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It, it's a balance.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, at least you're open, because I have seen, you know, there, there are some places, and I, I respect it as their business, they're like, no, if the brewers aren't into it, they're like, we are not doing that.
1: Yeah, right. I'm not mad That's, at that, to be honest. Like, No, I'm not mad at that either, but it's like, for, uh, for me, if I brew, you know, a 14-barrel batch of a Saison, I'm not going to buy all 14 barrels of it, so we're going to brew it, you know, we're going to brew it, we're going to have some fun, we're going to do it right, but uh, that's, no, I that's like, how I, that's how I feel on it.
0: I think that's, that's, that's a great approach. Yeah, the, um, I mean, there's definitely something to be said for, uh, you know, I've seen, like I was saying, a lot of breweries or the brewers, it's like, no, if I don't like it, I'm not doing it, and that means they have more of like a passion for the stuff they do do, and it's going to be better, but the way that you guys have described your working relationship, I actually find this a really great approach because you're, you're both able to like one, at least one of you has to be passionate about it, I guess for, to kind of make it on the table, right? So <laughs> one of you brings it to the table, like, Oh man, we need to do a milkshake. Okay. You're like, Oh bro, I do not I didn't like that at all. I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's make a fire one. Of you. And I think that's a really healthy approach to one business. So people always forget that this is a business primarily. Right. So, you know, here to make yeah. money, and like you were saying, Terry, like if people are asking for it, then you guys are willing to do it, which I, I respect that a lot. But also that the, you're willing to, you know, step out of any, you know, maybe biases you may have or sort of not into it, and you're willing to, to give it a crack and, and do it the best you possibly can. I think that's a that's a really balanced, uh, intelligent approach to 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 both doing beer and running a business and keeping that business flourishing. That's smart. I like it. um so then the other side of it with the restaurant which you know like you said we started in the july of uh 2017 before the brewery opened how do you guys work in tandem with the kitchen and you know do they i'm pretty sure i've had some ridiculous desserts there last time where it was using maybe some of the beer in like uh in in the actual dessert and vice versa do you sort of like i guess you know is that a regular thing where you're making beers and they're using it in the food? And do you brew beers to to, to pair with the food or
2: do they make the kitchen make food to pair with the beers? Like
0: what's that sort of symbiotic relationship? I think,
2: I think both. I think we, we try and complement each other when we can. Um, The kitchen uses beer and beer cheese. They use it in uh, baking. They use it in whatever they can sauces, whatever, Um, And we, every once in a while, try and pair up with them and just go, hey, what can we make that would pair well with these wings or with that dessert or with this brisket sandwich or something? So I think it's nice collaborating with both. Um, Recently, um, I was just talking to my my cousin is the uh, baker in the kitchen the other day. And I was just talking to her about what, what she sees in the future for desserts. That she does all our homemade desserts, and she was talking to me about using more beer in the desserts. And I said, "That's perfect." I said, "Just let me know what you're looking for, and we'll try and deliver."
0: I love that. I think that's that's that yeah. makes it. I guess it's interesting for for her in the kitchen, but it's also interesting yeah. for you guys because it's yet another way to step out of the comfort zone a bit. And, yeah,
2: and and she likes challenges too. So. If if we make something and she's like, hmm, how could I make that into uh, into a creme brulee or into a cannoli? I mean, she's she tries everything and anything she can, and I don't know if I've ever had one bad thing that she's made. She's she's very good and she's very creative. <laughs> that feels like a
0: problem for the waistline. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I usually try <laughs> to stay away from the kitchen. <laughs>
0: Yo, I can only imagine. We only ate that one time. and goddamn, it was amazing. Like the whole, I think we had the plate that had like a bit of everything that we had. Like you were saying, like pork and brisket and like yeah. there was definitely wings in there. There was just a whole bunch of stuff. And then the dessert, like Jesus <laughs> Christ, it was it was <laughs> amazing. It was intense because there was so much stuff. But damn, it was good. Um, I really yeah. love that. Is this, this beer to me as we were talking, the Blackberry Rhubarb? I mean, Blackberry. I imagine this is being used That's, plentifully in the yeah. kitchen
1: at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. so yeah they, and usually yeah. when we release it, she makes a like a blackberry rhubarb like cheesecake or pie to go with. To go with the, yeah. the blackberry rhubarb
2: pie
0: this year. That's yep. dope. So actually, weird food question on that is I might be wrong, but isn't there a thing where because like my exactly what you just said a blackberry rhubarb pie? Hell yeah, I'm going to drink the blackberry rhubarb beer with it. Isn't this supposed to be some sort of rule about contrasting the? The, the beverage to the food, so like you wouldn't have a uh, imperial stout with a chocolate cake because it's the same thing. Or am I off there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not. You're not really off. You're not really off there. But uh, her her pies, you know, she only makes a couple, maybe like two, like so. There's not many slices, so they definitely sell quick. Mm-hmm. I mean it's one thing if we were making, you know, two to three dozen Blackberry rhubarb what? cheesecakes. So right. with
2: her well.
1: cutting the availability, I think that cuts that issue out, to right. be honest. But yeah, I don't want to, I agree with you. I don't want to have like a ten percent Imperial stout with cocoa and like vanilla and then also get like a black forest chocolate cake. <laughs> no.
0: It seems uh, kind of <laughs> silly. but at the same token, I really would like yeah. to have a blackberry rhubarb pie with this beer. I just feel like it would, because the, the pie is kind of maybe a little, it would, I imagine it would be sweeter than this because there uh-huh. isn't a, a ton of sweetness. It kind of would kind of, even yeah, though yeah. the flavors are intentionally similar, I feel like it was still go. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, yeah it's really good. fun. Yeah. Um, uh, how has it been for you guys then? Uh, like I know we were saying earlier, I don't want to go on about it too much, but just the pandemic stuff and that, because I actually haven't heard a lot, more well, like we have we haven't had a, a Vermont brewery on, i only heard from my friends there who have said it's been mostly pretty good in comparison to up here. Um, do you want to maybe talk about how, you know, what what you, I mean, you were already canning and everything beforehand. So I imagine it was, uh, hopefully it wasn't too much of a large pivot in that sense if you had to close. But yeah, how's it been for you guys as far as, you know, moving from a draft sale to, to more packaged stuff and then for the kitchen side? Like, what did all that look like? Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll talk yeah. about, I'll talk about the beer packaging stuff, and then I'll let Levon talk about the kitchen because he knows a little bit more about that than I do. Um, It's been... It wasn't as bad as some other places in the region. You know, like, it's hard to compare us to, like, a Zero Gravity or, like, a Fiddlehead who was putting out, like, a lot of kegs, right? Because just the amount of barrels they put out a year, but... um. We were lucky. We were lucky, you know, with our canning line. There were a few times uh, that we were kind of slow production-wise because we were waiting on cans.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, everybody, everybody was waiting on cans because everybody dropped keg sales and and moved to canning. Um, we're lucky. We're 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 a little lucky that it didn't affect us more than other places. Who were buying stickered cans from another brewery and then putting their sticker over them and then selling the beer or something like that? But uh, we, yeah, at least COVID-wise, definitely we did see a little pr- production delay because of some, you know, supply supply chain, and it's just really cans, and it wasn't even. it was a shortage it was more a labor shortage that they couldn't keep up with the the demand of cans that their sellers were selling right okay
0: that's that's in line with what i heard up here as far as that but i mean at least you guys had a canning machine because i heard not only was there delays in the cans themselves but say the mobile canners for the for those who uh didn't have that already like that they were booked out crazy
2: yeah i'm sure
0: so I imagine that was a, a bit more of a thing. So that's really great that you guys had that kind yeah. of locked in. And and I guess then on that side, a follow up question would be, um, your keg, sorry, your your um, can sales. You would have already had, you know, clients as far as you know, um, beer stores. Um, maybe not. I'm not sure about bars and restaurants. But were you able to sort of like, did people? Start coming to the brewery more. we you doing, I don't think you guys can do online ordering there yet. Yeah. Or you could do online ordering yeah. and pickup, but not shipping. Yeah. Correct. Right. How did that look for you guys?
2: Um, it was good. And honestly, um, we we're able to start doing alcohol deliveries as well. Um, so we could do four packs, cases. Growlers, quarts, whatever it was. I mean, we started filling, we started getting plastic courts with lids and filling courts to go. Um, whether it was takeout or delivery, um, we didn't do delivery out of the restaurant before COVID, okay. pre-COVID. It was uh just takeout and dine in. Um, we shut down dine in for a while, a couple months, and we pretty much survived off takeout and delivery and the support of our community was amazing It yep. it literally yep. we we did well um because of our family our friends our community that's
0: great is indoor dining back yep. you have all of
2: that back. yeah yep. yeah so we've yeah. we've had indoor dining only to a, like uh, well, it was like 50% capacity. I think it's up to 75% now. I think in the next week or two, it's supposed to be opened up to 100%. Um, so hopefully, originally the goal was by July 4th that everything was going to be wide open. But I think they're actually striving to get it a couple of weeks before then.
0: That's not bad. I mean, but like that kind of seems aligned with. The kind of cases that you guys had. I don't think it was too wild, eh? Like, you guys kind of did pretty well. No. You guys are so sparse no, we so like spread out. We were very well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. We only finished, we had a curfew, all, like an 8 p.m. curfew since January. We oh. only finished on Friday last week. And Jesus. they opened up patios last weekend as well when the curfew finished. So we haven't, I haven't been to a brewery or, more than a year like a, a restaurant eating at a restaurant it was a lot of fun was probably in football. in March 20, oh. 2020 So I, I didn't even know how I feel about all that shit now. Like it's I don't know, I'm kinda of little <laughs> shook. Because people were wild in here, it went out of control. It was like the worst this was like the LA or sorry, what was the what was the bad bad era? was it? New York was the bad part of the States, right? that really messed up and had bad New York. Lives. Yeah. We were that yeah. yeah New
2: York's really bad.
0: New York was that, right. So Quebec was that. So that's why they had to do all these crazy yeah. things. And now Ontario and like Toronto are a whole shit show as well. So it's like, it's interesting. <laughs> so I think there's definitely something to be said for, you know, I think you guys are the least populated state too, right?
1: One yeah. of them. Yeah. Right. One of, them, yeah. One of
0: the most populated states. So, I mean, that, that's probably helped as far as keeping people a little bit more spread out. I feel like everyone there was just super yeah. sensible and, and pretty chill and just, you know, I guess it didn't get too out of control, which is good. Um, but no, I'm glad I'm glad to hear you guys were killing it with the sales and, and the community, which which seems to be the common thread amongst all of this stuff. People seem to be consistently saying that the communities are showing out, and it really shows. I mean, I feel like any out of I sort of asked all of that more because Vermont is one of the places I always feel like that community is just incredibly strong um, for anything local. Doesn't matter if it's beer or spirits the, the cheese the maple the food the local restaurant anything it's just everything is just so like you know and people just really care they want to support everything local and it's it's so fantastic there so uh it does not surprise me at all to hear that you yeah. know people are turned out keeping everything going so have you anything that happened during this last year have you kept any of those things and have worked out good such as like a delivery for for the food and things like that or
2: um, we have up until now um, I think with the the summer months rolling around and everything being open um, I think that I don't think we're gonna continue delivery just because we want to try and give the customer base that's in-house the best service that we can and not take away from that um, that's fair. and I think a lot of people a lot of people understand that um, we'll still do take out um, but just being able to, have one or two or three people dedicated to delivery is tough
0: yeah I can imagine that's some serious personnel for when you can yep. now you gotta pay, there's like gas, the car on the road, wages for them to drive it right. all when they could be at the restaurant serving significantly more people in that time but completely get it. Right. It's, a, it's a survival tactic exactly. as opposed to an ongoing thing, okay yep. I like that okay. yep. Uh, yep. Hop Citizens in the building, what up bro hope your life went well my man um no that's dope I I really like to hear that so as far as um you touched on something before that I actually don't recall if we got into the last uh, podcast which was a barrel program I think you mentioned sort of about barrel stuff Terry Uh, do you guys have you guys ever had a barrel program and do you have one now I don't recall from memory
1: I'll I'll take the lead on this one um (laughs) this this was uh one of those other processes I brought over okay um yeah and when I say we have a barrel program, it's ma- it's massive with four ba- with four barrels <laughs> that's that's all we have right now because we don't have space um, we don't have space, right you know you're we're restricted on space, but uh, we were lucky enough to get some barrels from uh, whistle pig and so mm-hmm. yes, they local we, uh they are local. local yeah the, well. They're down towards Middlebury, uh, Vermont. But yeah. Um, we brewed a maple porter that we're gonna throw in throw in the that are in the whistle pig barrels. You know that will hang out for eight months, and then we'll release it next year. Um, but it's just you know as I said before, you know, evolving the beer profile. Um, hopefully down the road we'll be able to get a secondary location where we can have barrel storage where we can start to play around with more barrels and you know maybe more su- wild firm barrels you know I got my fingers crossed for a cool ship mm. um, but that's way down the road don't worry <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it's just you know barrel aged beer sells right it's like and it's so, like, it's I fun it. to take the flavor. It's fun to take the flavor, you know, that you get from the whiskey, the rum, the tequila, whatever you d- decide to go with, on the barrel, and it's just nice how the liquor flavor and the beer flavor just pairs potentially so well.
0: It's amazing. I'm oh, yeah. totally with it, man. I feel like it's. uh it seems to be, yes, it does sell well and that's you they know, their high ticket prices. So they're like, you know, obviously a bottle of barrel-aged stuff goes for a lot more. I feel like it's almost like a, um, it's like what the brewers really want. Like the, there's a certain segment of people who want it. Um, and it seems like a lot of brewers, because it's like, it's got to be fun. Like I can understand that like, it's a completely different thing. Like you brewing a beer instead of just chucking it in a bright tank or whatever. Like it's, you know. Slapping it into a barrel for a bit, or maybe adding some adjuncts and stuff, and you're just like having this real creative, like it, like it's something that's almost even more with your hands, like this whole other process, and you're checking in on it and pulling the nail out, and like, oh yeah, it's looking good. Like, you know, then the blending and sh- like it's just dope. It's just like a cool process.
1: Yeah, no. So the uh, the maple porter that's in the barrels, we haven't we haven't nailed it yet. We haven't put nails in it yet. Okay. I've kind of told the i kind of told them, no touch, like no touch, don't touch, <laughs> for a while. And then you know, once once we get you know a couple months, de- you know, it's already been a couple months, but you know, a couple more months, we'll we'll put a nail in and we'll start tasting. And then eventually, one day, we're gonna taste it and we're gonna be like, okay, it's happening tomorrow. Like it needs to go. Like, and so we'll, br- you know, so then the blending part process. It's I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see, you know, I've done a few barrel aged beers, but again, at a smaller, another smaller brewery, but it's it's one, it's one barrel, you know, one barrel. That's all. So you don't really get it. I'm just, I'm happy and excited for the multi-barrel process.
0: I love that. So, so far you've, you're going to do single barrel, like you're not going to do a blending process is, is like...
1: Well, what? no, we'll, we'll do a blending process of like, cause we have four barrels of the same beer. It's just all of my beers that I've done in the past have been single, single barrel with a blend back, but if needed, you know. Okay. Which most beer, which most beers need to be blended back a little bit. Blended back means adding fresh beer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Young, adding, young th- beer. you know, Yeah, you don't want to have, you know, as much as the next person might want, like an 18% barley wine, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, blend it back to like 12% or something like that. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: No, that's, I'm with that for sure. I didn't realize how effective you went to, um, you mentioned Colorado before we did this Colorado trip at the tourism office um, a couple of years back. and. We went to a distillery there, and I didn't realize what like, like barrel proof meant. So like they pulled it out of the barrel, and I guess what does it end up to be like, like a hundred and something. Well, I mean, is that possible to be over hundred proof or two hundred? Whatever. Oh, it was yeah. Like, yeah, it's like a hundred. Yeah. Like, whatever. How far does proof go? Two hundred proof
1: isn't a it double. It's 200.
2: like what? Yeah, I think
0: it's two hundred proof. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's so this like is right.
2: yeah. it's like one eighty proof. Right
0: pure yeah. alcohol pure ethanol okay yeah. so whatever it was like yeah. insanely high and i didn't realize it. you try i'm like oh my then they have this little thing and they squirt water into the thing to blend it back in the exact same way and i've never really seen that before so i I'm, i have, still haven't really seen okay. like beer being blended but that was the closest i've seen it. and i that shit is wild when you really think about it so i never really thought that that's no one's ever mentioned that really in all of these millions of podcasts that that like the beer ends up being like eighteen percent You half. I thought people added the young beer to, for more of a flavor component as opposed to a, uh, to control that wild ass ABV.
1: Well, it definitely could be a flavor component as well. Right. But it's more, it's also a, hey, so it doesn't burn the back of your throat potentially or process right. as well. Yeah. You know, it's a. It's a calming process. <laughs>
0: yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, like you're right, it's different to have like a hundred plus proof bourbon as opposed to a eighteen percent, like you know, barrel yeah. barley or something. It's not not as fun. It's a little intense. Well,
2: <laughs> Where to, is to give you to give you an idea, our barrels are 125 proof, and hmm. we didn't strip them of all. The, we didn't strip them of all the liquid inside before we put the maple porter inside. So, correct. They, <laughs> it, it's gonna to have to get blended back. <laughs> okay,
0: so I didn't know. I've never heard that before. That the barrels have a proof. So is that so? Li- the yeah. Explain no. That.
1: So yeah. So when the, the you know, when the whiskey or whatever, rum or whatever, gets extracted from the barrel, there's still liquid in the staves, right? The staves aren't dry, and there is, you know, still some on the bottom of the barrel. So when they get transported to the brewery or the winery or whatever that's going to use them next, there's still some in the bottom. And
0: just leave it was, it uh,
1: they just leave it in there, you know, gives it flavor. You don't want your, right, because barrel aged beer, you don't want to grab a, a barrel from a distillery and then not put beer in it for a month. Right. You want to you want to kind of put liquid right back in there right away. You don't want it to dry. You don't want the staves. You don't want the staves to dry out. So. Yeah. And then the added. The added uh, liquor that's in there also helps like sanitize the barrel Mm -hmm. because nothing's going to grow. Nothing's going to grow in there with the high proof alcohol.
2: Was sixty seven percent whiskey? Yeah,
1: (laughs) yo, that's actually Uh, genius. I don't know why I never really thought
0: about that. That's uh, because my first thought was like, oh, wouldn't you have to clean it or whatever? But I'm like, nah, you're right. It's it couldn't be more sanitary, and and Mm -hmm. it's also that sanitizer happens to be packed with flavor, and 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 that's the flavor you're Mm -hmm. going for anyway. So that's a bonus uh, another thing that uh, sort of reminded me as you said you're doing a maple Porter um, I don't know if you want to touch on this too much but I know leave on you and your cousin uh, if I'm not mistaken uh, maple people with trees and do you explain it to me is it what it ma- I'm, I gonna say yeah. the word farmer but it's not a maple Farm. farmer maple sugaring sugaring okay um, yeah. do you want to touch on that because I think that was like a your original like business if I'm not if I
2: recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, we still have that going. Um, We actually used our maple syrup in that maple porter. I assume. Okay, dope. Um, It's pretty much the same thing that we had years ago. We've increased. We're we're boiling a little over 3,000 taps, which is kind of a smaller operation for Vermont. I mean, there's anything from 100 taps to 200,000 taps in Vermont. so where are we're, we're on the smaller end i guess but uh yeah it's uh it's a little bit above a hobby for us i guess if you might say
0: okay and when you say a tap does that mean a tree like where you've got
2: a no no that's that's each tap so roughly maybe about 3000 trees or so maybe a little less um depending on the diameter of the trees sometimes it'll be multiple taps on a tree if it's a big mature tree, but
0: okay, and no. then and you just yeah. withdraw the. It's called sap at that point. The maple sap, sap. yeah, and then you turn that into maple water. Is it maple water? I think syrup.
2: So just the syrup. What's well,
0: maple water? Then?
2: Um, I would say maple water would be. I mean, maybe the the RO water, so we have a reverse osmosis machine. We pull the water from the sap just to increase the sugar content, Um, and a lot of people have packaged that and, and packaged it as maple water.
0: Okay. Um, so it's not doesn't taste like it. I
2: really? It's just it's just purified water coming off from the, the sap. So I get it I That's know. that's cheeky. That's
0: cheeky. I respect it though. It's that a marketing thing. thing. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. And how much yeah. so I mean you guys get to use that in the beers? Does it get used in the kitchen stuff too, I imagine? Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we make we make roughly five hundred gallons of syrup or so a year, um, depending on the year. And uh We'll use anywhere from five to 50 gallons in the brewery, depending on what our beer styles look like for that year. And then a lot of it will go to uh, the kitchen. We'll package some for retail sales, but a lot of it goes to the kitchen. And we do sell some wholesale to a, um, a distributor. That's
0: amazing. I love that. That's great. Can people buy it directly from yep. uh, you guys if they come into to buy beer and yep. food and stuff? Yep, they can. Yep, it. I love
2: that. Yep, we sell it. Uh, honestly, we uh, we package it and we sell a lot of it right out of the restaurant. Just we have it in the POS system, and it's just easier that way. We keep some in the walk-in cooler, and somebody comes mm-hmm. in and they want to order syrup, it it's right there.
0: I love that. That's great. Um, aside yep. from the the maple porter, do you have other beers sort of in the works or other things that you plan to? Use it for.
1: I mean, Me? I, sorry, he he, I you skipped. I missed that middle part.
0: I kind of um, Aside from just the maple porter, do you have other beers in the works that you plan to use maple for?
1: There's always. Oh, There's maple. Yeah. Anything with maple? Yeah. Potentially. Uh, you know, we've done a, a maple amber of last the last couple years. We we passed on it this year. Um, we can bring that one back I mean I'm almost I'm okay with trying maple and like a potential in an IPA at at one point um, interesting. Uh, but lately in my head I've been kind of thinking maple with like a like a Roush beer like a maple Roush beer or something like that down the road
0: that's an interesting option too I don't think I've ever yeah. seen a Roush beer that has other like adjuncts in
1: it. Yeah, I don't know if it's technically considered a Roush beer, though. If there's adjuncts in it, you know, because no. beer
0: beer Curious purity
1: laws, right. whatever. Yeah, a smoked maple lo- a smoke maple lager, or something like that. You know, I don't know. Um, that could be dope. That I have some some fun ideas in my head. It's just planning them out and being successful, right? Yeah. <laughs> And convincing
0: uh, Levon, to be like, all right, hit me up.
1: Oh, he's he's put his foot down a couple times already. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. What did he say no to? That that actually must be that got to be funny.
1: Oh, it's just really black IPA. I about oh, that's once, it? once once yeah so far once every three weeks I, I ask him let's do a black a black IPA. Yeah.
0: Not successful. So. yet.
1: <laughs> Not yet. Give it time. I feel like they
0: have. Uh, have they been making a comeback in Vermont? The them because I feel yes. like they kind of have. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah.
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, subtle. Like, people aren't like, they're not like, people have six different black IPAs, but I feel like they're like, they're popping up. It almost just goes through like a wave. I feel like it comes through maybe like boredom. Like, oh my God, Melvin, you mean the fuck? Let me do a West Coast. Let's do a black IPA. Let's do a yeah. brute IPA, maybe if they're really bored. No. Switching back up. No, you guys know. <laughs> no
1: brutes. No, no, I don't, I can't do it. That that's okay. Maybe there is one beer style that I just won't brew and it's a brewed IPA.
0: I respect. Why is that? You have never had a good one? I
1: just, I haven't had a good one. And it just, again, it doesn't really appeal to me. Um, it's like, I feel like brewed IPA was a summer fad a few years ago, kind of like glitter beer, right? That was a fad for a, for a summer. And then, Hard seltzer became the summer fad, but that never went away. And that's still here.
0: <laughs> so we're not gonna get a mill river seltzer, is what you're telling me.
1: Oh no, Mill River Seltzer probably at some point maybe You almost have to, right? But yeah. I mean, we have so so we have done a non alcoholic one with BlackBerry. Nice. To add to add a non-alcoholic option for people in the restaurant. That's a great idea. Not is
0: non-alcoholic uh, becoming a thing down
1: there? Uh, a little bit, yes. Yeah. Um, we've definitely had some people that have asked us about it. It's something that I haven't really played around with. That if once I do the you know the research and everything, yeah, we'll we'll have some fun. But I again, I want to make sure I'm fully educated on something before going into it saying it's non-alcoholic but then it's alcoholic it'd be an yeah. know, and then it'd be an alcoholic so it's like it's definitely something that we are looking at though in the future for our our portfolio
0: I like that it's, it's, it's become like a huge thing here like a ridiculous thing beyond anything I ever thought of because I thought it was hot garbage mm-hmm. until recently um, yeah. now I understand I, I get it now I feel like they're like it's all about how you approach them. Like right. if you well, think you can't think of it like it's a beer, it has to be fizzy beer flavored water thing in your mind as a yeah. consumer to be able to appreciate it. But then from you guys, I believe there's three ways to make non-alcoholic beer. There's like a specific yeast. There's de-alcoholizing it, and there's something else which yep. I always forget. Yeah.
1: yeah, There's there's an there's an enzyme you can use which is de-alcohol. Yeah. Uh, you know, take de-alcohol out. Yeah. The third one, I don't remember, but I it's definitely the, it. yeah, the yeast I've been looking at, you know, doing a little research on uh, the enzyme that you, you would use to take the alcohol out. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not comfortable yet with trying it, but See. give me a cup, you know, give me a little bit and on a pilot system, you know, where we can have some fun with like a two barrel batch. We'll have some fun.
0: I think that'd be good. I feel like it's just a matter of time before that. Uh, I think after this, um, I mean, I, obviously you guys didn't get the lockdown as, as bad as we did, but, you know, with the amount of people putting on weight because of the lack of movement, obviously no gyms or that type of stuff, there seemed to be a bit more of a trend towards, like particularly, you know, like early on in everything, we're all just like, fuck it, uh just crushing, like and no one, you know, know weren't really sure what was going to happen. People yeah. were losing their jobs and we're like, oh, are they going to yeah. have money for beer? Like, yeah that's all they have money yeah. for so like you know that did a, that essentially increased and then eating more then over that summer then all of a sudden like everybody is like what what happened here um and i feel like that might have like pushed the trend a little bit towards because you like i know my partner tiffany and i is our producer of the podcast like we like we like they satiate you in a way that i never anticipated and it's great. It's so dope. Like it, don't, like it tricks you sometimes to a way. Like if you're having the nights off, which you know I know about you guys, but I've had to put I put a schedule. Like I got strict drinking and non-drinking nights now that I stick to. And on the non-drinking nights, if I feel like something, I try and keep some non-alcoholic stuff around, completely satiated. I'm, like, I'm good. It's uh, you
1: have um, up in Canada. I'm not sure if you have them, but the the hopped, like, non-alcoholic seltzer from Laganitas. We don't get... Good, no, we
0: don't get that. That's pretty good, eh? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's a good... next When you can come back across, pick some up, because it's okay. definitely a, a good night off, you know. But, it, you know, with the hops, it's a dry hopped one. It's It still makes you feel like you're drinking, but not drinking.
0: So, I, you, I love that. Idea. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. That, that's exactly the type of stuff. So, it's kind of like just literally a seltzer water that's been hopped. So if you've got that real hop, I love that. I had, there was a brewery in Ontario that sent me some stuff recently. They did single hop, uh, one with Centennial, I think one, no, Chinook and Cascade, something like that, like kind of classic hops. And it was just fizzy water that was a little bit like oily. You can tell from like the hop oils and it sounds pretty similar and you could just have, you could actually tell the the profile of the hop because they single hopped it and it was just straight fizzy water. I'm like, damn, this stuff is amazing. Like, you yeah. get this kombucha here that's like a, hot, like a hot kombucha, and I imagine it's the same thing. It kind of tastes like it too. So it's like, I feel like it's opened up this whole new market, aside from the seltzers, which you can love or hate. You know, I guess there's some good ones and some bad ones. Overall, yeah. I don't know, I'm not mad at it. I, I feel like less people are mad at it than maybe I thought, even if it's not really for us as beer drinkers. It's a, it's a viable option that's kind of like an offshoot. You know, the alcoholic seltzers, I mean. And then the non-alcoholic yep. stuff is a whole other.
1: it's just it's interesting to me. It's just like a. It's a. I would say, you know, it's been the last few years. It hasn't been like, like a de- like the last decade. I would say within like the last two years, it's definitely Tops. opened up a little. Opened up where people want non-alcoholic options, which mm. is fine, and as long as you can put out a good product, it's. That's all that matters, right? It's and there's. I've had a few good ones out. I've had a few good ones out there, but if I wanted a drinking experience without the alcohol, I've been drinking a lot of those Lagunitas. <laughs> Man, now I need to guess them.
2: Well, okay. And, and now it's yep. it, it's it's a craft non-alcoholic. It's not just a a Labatt non-alcoholic or a Bud Light non-alcoholic or No duals. It's 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 a craft flavored beverage without the alcohol. That I think that is the new fab.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, man. And I think it's I think it's cool. It's a challenge for you guys as well. It keeps you keeps it interesting because you guys have to figure yeah. out something like we were saying, and, and it gives it you know it encourages more people to come to the restaurant because if you have like whatever like flavor like we got some recently from here and they were like it was insane. It was like the fruited like Berliner Weisses, and they were like. As damn near as thick as a smoothie sour, and they were just non-alcoholic. It was fucking crazy. I couldn't believe what I was drinking, mm-hmm. and there was by. And I was like, "Oh, this is what non-alcoholic can be." I'm like, "This is a, this is this is a beautiful new world, man." It was delicious. Is, I, I genuinely was enamored with this stuff. So I feel like it's cool because, it, like I say, it encourages people to come to the restaurant. You have three, four different things available, whether they are packaged or on, on tap or something. I mean, you know, people who don't really drink can come and enjoy the food. I'm sure they're going to want to eat, you know, the, the amazing food there and stuff. And rather than just drinking coke or some water or something, at least they can have something that's interesting and maybe they feel like they're drinking with everybody else. Type of thing, you know. Super cool. Speaking of drinking like everyone else, should we uh, move to the next one? Yes. Sure. Should we do? I'll, whichever we'll you let, say. I'll we'll let you pick. Ooh. I was going to
1: say we'll let you pick. Okay,
0: so we have a West Coast and a regular New England, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, let's go. I feel like the the bitterness of the West Coast might overwhelm the New England softness. Is that accurate, or not too much?
1: Yeah. No, I would. Yeah, no, I would say. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. Yeah. Let's, maybe I we should say. Let's, let's, go. West Coast let's, West? Let's, I was gonna say let's um I was gonna say New England first, New, you know, because if we don't Yeah, yeah we don't want the, the malt first. just to be yeah, safe. Yeah, the malt for the maltiness of so the for, you know the malt forwardness a little bit with a little a of minute. the bitter.
0: Yeah, just, just to be extra safe. And this is only six point five percent. Perfect. Um this one's called Figure It Out. What are the hops in this uh, little beast right here?
1: Uh Levon, seeing how I haven't been around in a couple weeks, um what do, what do we put in there again? It was I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head.
2: I'm just just pouring.
0: <laughs> do you have any uh do you remember what Hops are this? Um
2: Yes. We I I know one big contributing factor. And the dry up, we'll, we'll give away the, the, the new secret weapon, Trident. Trident.
1: Um, oh, that's
2: right. Yeah, yep. Trident. Trident was one of them from um, uh, Hopsteiner. Trident,
1: Hopsteiner. What's Hopsteiner? Like a hop yacht?
2: Um,
1: yeah, it's um, Hop Supplier.
2: Hop Supplier, okay. Hop Supplier out of, well, New York City, everywhere. Okay. Um I think Trident was one of the top hops. Um, I believe we use Calypso as well from Hopsiner. Okay. <clears throat> and then a Zoc- in a in Azaka. yeah.
1: Trident yep. um, So, Um what was the second one? Calypso. Calypso.
2: Calypso. Sorry, Calypso. Calypso,
0: There
2: you go. Writing that down. Okay. Um Tri- Trident Trident, Calypso and Azaka.
0: Okay, interesting. Okay. Um, what do those uh, like? The only I don't even I don't
1: think if I've even heard of Trident. In if I'm, if I'm honest, um, Tri- well, Trident's um, Trident's a newer hop okay. that's out there. It's it gives out a stronger like watermelon juicy flavor characteristic. Interesting. Um, and oh. it's something that I haven't used that we haven't used. And again, it was you know as we talk about expanding our beer portfolio, the only way to learn more is to try new hops that we haven't used before so totally. uh- Cal- calypso and trident uh, were on this batch.
0: how do you feel they like how do you feel they went like would you continue to to use it
1: um trident for me uh Citrus, you know, it's citrus. It's going to be. I think Trident. I would like to use citrus, Trident yeah. again. Okay. Um. I I kind of want to do um. A watermelon, IPA eventually. Nice. And you in, you know, watermelon juice concentrate, single hop with Trident. Uh, mm. You. De- I definitely get a little bit. Uh, passion fruit from it as well. I can but do that, yeah. It's a newer a newer hop that Hopstander is trying to put out. And I, I actually I enjoy it a lot. Um, it's kind of one that Levon and I were talking about for a while. Like, hey, do we pull the trigger this week? You know, we've talked we've it's like, hey, we've talked about it for a few weeks now. We've talked about it for a while now. We've said, okay, you know what? No more talking. Let's just do it. <laughs>
2: we're we're and not going to use in the future. We're going to on this beer. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
0: Okay. And I do you think it'll make a, you know, make a comeback? it will be a regular thing? Um, I think so.
1: So, yeah. Uh again, when I came on, you know, as as you said before, right? The five beers that you got sent and you've, you're looking at you you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um at a brewery at our level, unfortunately, in the times that we live in, flagships are dead for us, really. Um, it's not like we have the massive space like, you know, again, Zero Gravity or Fiddlehead that can just constantly put out the same beer and have the same amount of shelf space at the store. Um, so we're – this beer will, you know, it will be around. We're going to start rotating through beers, and we want to make sure – that people enjoy our product with everything. Uh, if you, it's kind of tough though. If we have, the, if we put the same beer out all year round, at times we may. I mean, you could kill the brand, you know, of the beer where that's people true. are like, "Oh, it's all it's always in the store. Why would I want to buy it now when I can get it two, three, four months down the road or something like that?" So that's you know, yep, that's what exactly we're pushing.
2: It's between marketing and production um in in-house sales our distribution our distributors distribution it's it's always a balance um trying trying to find that medium
0: yeah no that's a, that's actually a really good point so i really like i love that I, you guys say you know you have a bunch of beers and you kind of rotate through them i love that um the first place i ever saw that was actually built in where they sort of like that yeah, you know, every it's like you know, every other month or every three months, this brand comes back, and it's sort of like, Oh, I'm here now. No, that one's out now, but next time I come, it's back right. again, right? And there's something about that 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 is the closest thing to a flagship, but it allows the brewery to iterate and tweak and perfect, which is something that right, yeah. is impossible for you guys to do. The expectation of knocking out three new beers every week or whatever it is, and uh, you know, knocking everyone out the park with never doing this thing before it's 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 quite a lot to ask um from breweries but you know i really think there's something to be said for that sort of uh pattern so do you guys have a series like um you know whether it's for people who haven't uh, learning about you guys now or, or locals who are familiar like do you have certain beers that you currently rotate around like i remember back uh in say back then you know in the before times in 2019 you guys had the i think it's which was the New England oh, fully meal yeah, yeah. thank you. Is that still around? Uh, uh,
1: it's it's taking know. a break. It's taking a break yeah. for a little bit. Yep. Um yeah. you know, like again, I don't know how like other breweries feel, but at least in my mind, it's tough to make, you know, let's say we but wanted to were. put out, out four New England IPAs. I don't think I could as a business justify that because the person in the store is then fighting you're fighting your own product right so if we're releasing one new england at a time it's just it's better right um at least in my in my mind it might not be in everybody's mind but in my mind um you're not fighting yourself for shelf space you're not fighting yourself for the consumer if the consumer goes in to the store and you have seven new england ipas and they want a new england ipa it's just you're still it's a losing battle right um but it's that Falling mill fully mill will come back but it's just it's taken a little bit of a break
0: gotcha do you have other brands that you would just for people to be aware of like the you know you, you
1: yes well so we had the like the crawl series so there was a session a single, a double and a triple IPA. Okay. Um those will be around a little bit Is that the triple uh, IPA. Uh you have the triple, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh crawl me a night. Yep. Okay. Um we started yeah, a Goza right. series. We okay. started a Goza series. Uh another thing. Um let's see. How, we've done two batches that so we've done two different batches. We did around Christmas time, we did a uh what? Tangerine cranberry. And uh, a couple, I would say a couple months ago, we put out a pomegranate one. And this, what? Oh, no, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow. We're doing um, mango habanero. Mango. Nice. Yeah. We're bringing it back. With, yeah, with some more plants on some other ones uh, in the summer, but... It's the same like it'll be the same beer name it's just we're going to rotate through what fruit we use or what you know in the style we you know it's the first two the first two batches that we did sold really well um so that's probably where we'll stick with those series everything else you'll see one off, not one offs but like there's no like true Rolling. name or anything like that
0: gotcha Okay, so there's not, like, basic beer. Are, are you looking to find the next, um, you know, beer to add to a regular rotation? Because, like, the series are great. I love the series where you just keep changing up the fruits or changing hops or whatever. Yep. That's dope. But are they going to be, like, like the fully... I don't This is the one I remember the most. But, would, you know, are there going to be things like that that would be, you know, every quarter, you bring the bad boy back or something like
2: that? Potentially. Yeah, we're <laughs> right now. It's it's tough.
1: I was gonna say we're lucky enough to how small we are, is mm-hmm. we're not, you know, we don't have to brew what the what the big stores want, right? So all the all these brewers that have accounts in all the grocer in some of the bigger grocery stores, right? They have to brew beer for those accounts, and then you got to deal with like UPC UPC codes and everything. Uh, But I definitely see us going down the line of some series. It's just right now we're starting with the Goza. And I would say hopefully soon maybe we'll have like a New England out or. I'm another fan of toasted coconut and a toasted coconut series would be fun. Other than when you spend all morning toasting the coconut yourself. That's, that's, you know, yeah, that's bad. The last, yeah, Yeah. that's, that's, that was great. Five hours. I toasted like 80 pounds of coconut in like four and a half hours. That's insane. And a home oven?
0: Just at home? Uh,
1: Oh no, in the convention, in the kitchen at the restaurant. I had to do it on a day that the kitchen was off. So, and I had to go in early, but it's fun. Toasted coconut is great. Other than the cleanup.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear it's a, it's a nightmare just to yeah. get it right. it's Just messy and yeah, you're right. The hard shells, you know, break all these bloody bloody things. You know, um, I like that though. That's dope. And I guess you're right. it's a good point. That you know, I noticed there. There's some craft breweries in the month that have started to have a bit uh, a stronger presence in Trainer Joe's and Healthy Living and all the different places that will have you know, those. I guess those contracts do require them to continue to, to deliver certain products. So yep. at least you do have the flexibility to kind of be like, you know, like where do you take the cues from? Do you, is it from like the tap room or from just the, like, how do you sort of decide whether like, oh, people are loving this one? Like,
2: is that just
0: from distro? Like what's uh, the.
2: A mixture of our distributor, our distribution itself. So we have our own self-distribution for the three local counties we have another distribution company for the rest of the state and then yeah, what happens in the tap room? It, it's kind of a balance between all three. Um, but at this point, like Terry said, being as small as we are, it's kind of uh, up to us at this point and what, what's moving the best for us? What can we move for product? And um, right now it's just been making new beers and new styles. And just keeping it fresh and new.
0: No, that's great. <clears throat> do you do you guys ever just want to do something? And you're just like, I want to do this and I want this one to be our thing. Like does it ever kind of come from that or is it really more of a uh you know, an approach from the numbers? Like you look at the numbers and whatever they tell you, you move with that.
1: Um yeah, I, <laughs> I I was gonna say I was I I'll say the gozo that we did, right? Um mm-hmm. around christmas time uh we put it out uh and our our own distribution network, which is three counties in in Vermont we sold our our entire thing in what five days That's or something it was it, yeah. it was a week a yeah week. a week it was our whole thing was sold in a week um so some of the smaller smaller batch stuff that we do. We'll keep to us. Uh, our our sales guy uh, Corey, he does a fantastic job, and um, we definitely get feedback from Corey about, hey, um, I'm hearing a lot from the store owners, can you brew this? And that's kind of another way that the West Coast, the West Coast came up, because he was, you know, a lot of sto- a lot of stores asked Corey. Are you guys going to do a West Coast IPA? I've got, you know, 10 to 15 people a week asking for a West Coast IPA and no one's brewing one. So so we, so we brewed one. Interesting. Yep. You know, I never considered that.
0: Yep. That's, like, that's like, that's perfect. So, I mean, it's sort of they're yep. doing the market research for you. They have to serve their customers. And if the breweries aren't making them, then all they have to do is every time the sales rep comes in, they be like, yo, everyone's asking me for West Coast. No one's got one. The, the lane yep. is there. And that helps them, yeah. helps the customer, helps you. Yo, that's awesome. And has that mm-hmm. happened before with any other style, or is it just the West Coast? Um,
1: um, I think just really that we focus more West Coast uh, than anything because for the most part, we've been pretty s- – you know, spread out on our styles and everything. Um, just a store, a couple store owners just went for it and asked about a West Coast IPA. So we ju- we jumped on it. Love
2: it. I mean, yep. I think in since we started doing sours year-round, because most people, mo- most breweries only do sours during the summer. Um, if we throw out a sour in the winter, everybody wants it because – they don't have a sour on the shelf, and a lot of people like sours. Interesting. So, uh, that's a good way for us to easily move a product.
0: <clears throat> I love that. I think that's that's super dope. I don't know how common that is. I guess it all depends on each region has a different sort of you know alcohol sales right. system and stuff like that. But I've met, no one's ever mentioned that before. that it specifically come from that channel though, because that seems so many steps removed. That is like mm-hmm. it's not the consumer, but it's the people dealing with the consumer. I mean, it's logical. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. what you know got you in the West Coast game. Um, was this the first? I know we're gonna we'll get to the beer uh, soon enough, but was that the first West Coast that you guys had done? Yes, mm-hmm. it was. Okay. Yep. Um. Yep. And just from that, what did you get a lot of people asking for something like that in the tap room or where they're buying stuff to go aside from just the uh stories?
1: Um I'll say like our clientele that comes into the restaurant that's been supportive throughout COVID, they're gonna buy anything new that we put out. Okay. Um I'll, really the wet that's cool. It doesn't matter. it doesn't really matter what it is. We did a toasted coconut porter in the wintertime. It sold pretty it sold really well out of the restaurant. Um this was the first time though that we kinda listened to a few stores and say, Hey, you're techni- I mean, you're technically the frontline worker, right? In a way. They're dealing with the customer on a daily basis. What kind yeah. of what kind of feed what kind of feedback are you getting? And this is the feedback we got. So I worked a, a couple weeks to try to figure out a recipe and worked on a recipe.
0: I love it. It's just like, yeah. uh, it's kind of perfect. You know? It's a nice, It, it even just dem- further demonstrates that symbiotic relationship between breweries and the, the stores and stuff, which is pretty cool in Vermont. You guys have a, an, an interesting, the thing that comes to mind is actually not too far from Pro Pig. I think it's called Crossways, Crosswind something. It's like a gas station at the roundabout in Waterbury.
1: Oh, crossroads!
0: Crossroads down here, something. yeah, crossroads, you know, was, like yeah. even just because we don't have like gas stations here, can have beer, but it's hot garbage, like it's mud and stuff. It's literally there's no craft, I, I, I don't know why. But there, it always blew my mind because it doesn't matter where you go, there's amazing beer there staring you in the face in the supermarket, and the damn gas station, just completely unassuming. It's just. A,
2: mm-hmm
0: regular-ass gas station in, you know, in Waterbury there. Yep. Um, I I love that about Vermont that I feel like it's almost like you guys have got, I guess it's probably hard for you to even really say, but in contrast to maybe other places, almost more points of sale because it doesn't matter where you go. Like, every every restaurant has, like, at least, like, half a dozen craft options. Um, Every gas station has something. I mean, at the very least, if it's like the OG stuff, like maybe the large, you know, maybe you can, I was, the thing that comes to mind is like on a creek or somewhere like that like solid stuff, but you know, maybe they've got the, the larger packs. We get like 12 mixer a pack or something as opposed to singles or four packs or whatever. Like it just feels like there's almost more opportunity to sell beer in Vermont, and the average consumer is more knowledgeable about beer because of the prevalence of the product um, that it kind of allowed that. Yeah. Okay. You feel okay. Good. That's that's what I felt for me. You know, whatever, dozen times I've been yeah. there. That no. Like, that's that's I the agree. yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Because that's what it feels I like. And that's like that's probably why we love it so much there, right? Because there's there's not many places that are like that. Like it's getting it's almost the, the states is obviously you know, leagues ahead of anywhere else that I've been as far as since I have to be in the last decade or so. But. Um, as far as noticing wherever you go, like, you know, I'm sure just like I do whenever you go somewhere, like I'm going to breweries, so I'm going to a beer bar. I'm looking before I go. I'm not just turning up at some place and hoping they have good, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, I'm not taking that risk. I'm not rolling the dice. But if I did, because sometimes you're forced to, it's always good. So like, I feel like all of that to say, just like, it seems like that there's a, uh, you know, there's more opportunities to sell these, these things to different people. And therefore more opportunities to get different feedback because they're in so many different establishments um, that the, the types of consumers, you can't even really like button it down to a, to, to a type. Like, you know, the typical, like the three of us, white dudes with beards and shit, like, you know, the typical craft beer consumer in Vermont might look a little different because more people are, are exposed to it and just familiar with it. Like, you know, it's just part of the culture. More. So hopefully that allows you guys to sort of do more with it and, and use that to get yeah, creative or whatever.
1: No, yeah. definitely. Um, cool. As we are talking about the West Coast, you want to open the West Coast?
0: I'm keen because I feel like uh, we've, we've talked it up so much. I usually finish these afterwards anyway, so that's all great. Let's do it.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm here for it. Um, babe, can you grab the West Coast when you get a sec? Um, what are the hops in the in the West Coast?
1: Uh, we did Simcoe, Centennial. Ooh, nice. Um, so- Cascade and Apollo, Columbus, Kettle Hot, Columbus, and Columbus. Yeah, but we also yeah, and Columbus. Yeah,
0: Columbus and Apollo. Um,
1: We uh, when I was doing some research on like West Coast IPAs, um, I kind of thought of like Russian River a little bit. Okay. No, Blind Pig. So that's kind of. That's, That's kind of where I went with it. Nice. Yeah. Um, Trouble in the forest. So if you see in the forest, there's some dr- there's some drums, and it's uh, it's a tribute to Neil Pert. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, we're
1: from
2: the Rush one.
1: From Rush, yeah, uh, we're a big
2: yeah. yes. Out of Canada. <laughs> I
0: was gonna say, yeah, they love him in Ontario. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but I we, I played around with some new uh, a, a malt like a grain bill that I haven't really used much that I um, so I went for it. You know, it's one of those swing. Uh, I just went for it. What is it? Uh, Mosaic Promise uh, grain. Okay. I haven't really so used almost, it before, but. Promise. Or golden, golden promise, see, mosaic promises, see, like I'm so tired. Uh, mosaic promise, is, days is what. Yeah, mosaic promise is a beer. That's funny. Um, golden promise, and uh, with a little crystal malt, and I think it came out just what I was, you know, just what I wanted, just what we wanted, not I wanted, but we, what we wanted. Um the Right amount of color, how you can see through the glass with a little okay. bit of crystal malt, and I think the appropriate amount of like front, front end maltiness that you would expect or earthiness you would expect with a west coast IPA. Okay,
2: it's a good amount of bitterness, good amount, amount of maltiness, it, it's well balanced. This has got
0: all of that. So, you, you, is it? Um, they yeah, get that photo. Is it, the, is it modeled after Blind Pig specifically? Is that like the closest beer that you are aiming for? Uh,
1: not really the closest beer um, uh, because nice. I take, like, when I when I write a recipe, I might have, like, six or seven recipes in front of me. Okay. Potentially, or ideas, and then I'll pick and choose what parts I like. Um, okay. Or Or it's like, hey, um, ooh, I like this grain bill a little bit, but I also like this part of the grain bill on recipe B or something like this, you know. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so it's it's a fun little building experiment, per se, right? When you're sitting around, I've got a – right on the other side of my computer – I've got a massive whiteboard that's got recipes where I'm just like writing down percentages of stuff that I want to try. That's awesome. That's dedication. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm downstairs in my little basement, little hangout court, my little workshop that's in the basement. Um, but I got a massive whiteboard and I sit down here a lot after the wife and the baby's asleep and write ideas down.
0: Best way and see do if it. anything yeah. sticks a it. And, if
1: anything sticks.
0: And yep. then you, if it does, then you bring that to, to Levi, then you guys uh, figure something out. It could be an idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Now, this is solid. I'm it's not I'm like, the one to say no, usually. No, nah, you're pretty, pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: we, this is, we, we just let it go.
0: I respect that. It's, it's the best best move, right? Um, it's cool to have yeah. that sort of like, you know, now that there's two of you guys, at least, you know, coming back to what we talked about at the beginning, that you're able to sort yeah. of bounce ideas and different things off each other. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like that definitely like definitely. elevates everything and makes makes things a lot easier and interesting for you guys. Um, this is super interesting, man. This is this is great. Like uh, like balanced sweetness is not over the top. There's a little bit of the bitterness is certainly there, but it's not like a punch in the face. It's a little dank. Um, super crushable. 7.2 doesn't really, doesn't taste it or anything. It's not juicy. Um Yeah. I think yeah. you guys did a, did a solid f- first yeah. effort ever. Wesco's IP? Shit, man. Well done. For, yeah. Thank you.
1: First ever. Mm. Cheers.
0: Yeah, man. Cheers to that. Yeah, Wesco, there's something you should be interesting about. There's like, um, I guess, you know, you guys have probably been, I, I got into being properly heavily at uh, 2011. So in ten years, I imagine you guys might be something similar, unless you're younger. Can't tell. You guys don't have any gray hair, your beard. So, um, being, is, I guess, what I'm saying there's nostalgic value in this beer. For, oh, you know, definitely. Yeah. Back back in early 2010s, uh, even previously when the, right. the uh, IBU race w- was on, and all you wanted was something to strip your tongue. You know, we we all went through that and, and sort of come back around to, to the haze. And then now that's led way to, to this interest in different IPAs again. It's probably why people were curious about the black IPA, which you hit on this. When it hits, it's great, but it's few yeah. and far between, if we're honest. Um,
1: no, but yeah, when,
0: 100%. Yeah. No, like, I was going to say, I agree. Yeah. I agree. They're on that. Yeah. yeah. They're, they can be fantastic. Black Schwarzbeers. Like black lagers, like one you got to get on board with that, bro. They're they're incredible. Get out of here! Yeah. Oh man, I've been I've been here. To-
1: I'll I'll I take do- care of it. Don't worry. Okay.
0: <laughs> I really I believe you, Terry. I have faith. Yeah, they're right. like
2: when I'm gone, it'll get brewed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like you need to have the right one. Like I've, I've there's so many good ones. Like maybe up here, I maybe haven't had enough of them from down there. But oh my god, they're amazing. Oh. Um, but, yeah, we're, like, I like that we're, it's, we've come back around. It's allowed s- space, essentially, for this new appreciation of, of, a, of a style that we all kind of, you know, most of us around in the you know, late 20s, 30s, etc., got into beer with these styles, or at least came around to them pretty soon after. And, you know, it's so nice to have that back again because we're so used to the, the flavor profile of, you know, why haze is amazing, it's just really refreshing to, gosh, excuse me, uh, to try something else,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> and you know, and, and just bring those old flavors back. And it's like it, it reminds me. I'd be curious <laughs> if it's the same as you guys, but you know, if we got in, if you guys got into beer, it sounds like you probably did. You drink a macro trash, you move on to ma- macro lagers, you move on to maybe European lagers, you go through the color wheel: ambers, brown nails, maybe beer, saison, porters, stouts, and then into Belgian. And the British stuff and then maybe you know, then the trendy shit happened, and then you're coming into you know, fruit and sours and New England's and all this stuff. And then now that the lager thing has come back, you have this like new appreciation for these flavors that you thought were kind of pedestrian a decade ago. And now you're like, Fuck me, this is amazing. And um mm-hmm. That same thing has happened, I think, with West Coast IPAs to it. Maybe a little bit yeah. less because I feel like lager is a little more and the pills in the world is a little more, there's more depth to it because of that history. Yeah.
2: You know,
0: from... from and I, I
2: think North. it's honestly less known to to most new craft drinkers. Um, all they know coming up is IPAs. That's
0: it. And new yeah, England
2: absolutely. IPAs specifically.
1: What?
2: Yeah. Yeah. New it, um, n- but new sh- showing them the showing them the loggers and the pilsners is, I think, going to be the next step. Definitely, yeah.
1: No, I was going to say new drinkers. They know, you know. It seems like from my experience right now, IPAs and White Claw. <laughs> That's,
0: That's what anyone was. was. Yeah, I love that. That's all they drink. They drink no, fucking seltzes and, and haze.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Um, wow. and, then, I mean, and now Costco, a, Costco, what? Costco, claws. <laughs>
1: yeah, they, Cos, Costco made some. Oh
0: no. Yeah. Are they bad?
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, no, actually, they good. Um, okay. They're okay. Yeah. yeah, they're good. I mean, I, good? I, I had, I had a pils. I mean, I had a pilsner the other day, and I'm just like. Man, why can't I just buy more pilsners? Yeah. Right? That's all I need. I just want light I mean, I'm summertime. I want yeah. sours. I want light I want lawnmower beers. I don't need heavy bourbon barrel stouts or heavy IPAs right now in my at least in my life right now. Crispy would, boys, that's all I want. Just all the crisp.
0: Yeah, man, I feel yep. I feel that too. It's um Yeah, it's such a it's a whole different craving and, and and even when I do trades with people, I'm just like, yeah, just get me Krispies. Uh, I'm waiting on but some I stuff. I, I sent my friend from Toronto, uh, moved to San Diego. He's American citizen stuff now and uh, haven't seen him for a bit. So I was like, all right, we talk about doing a trade? And I was like, yeah. And I put together a bunch of beers that he would kind of miss from back home and some other stuff. Just like half a dozen. And slick got it through the mail, got him that. And I was like, yo, all I wanted from him was just get me some platinum. I just wanted the West Coast. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it the motherfucker he owes me. But, um, like, <laughs> it was interesting that that's where it goes. So I'm either asking him for that or if I'm trading with, with my brothers in Toronto and they've actually closed the provincial borders so we can't even go there. Like, they're police. It's, it's crazy. So me and him have been, like, just – he's a part of the podcast. He does the, He'll 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 be mixing this episode. He's an audio engineer as well. So, like, I send him stuff and back and forth. So every time he gets stuff for me, I just, just get me crispies, man, like, Yep. It's, it's an interesting thing when you get to the stage when you're like, cool, I like the haze is great. Like, yeah, cool, chuck a couple of those in, but yeah, get me like two or three of each of the Krispies. Because, <laughs> like, you're right, I don't, I'm in an apartment, I do not have a lawn to mow, but like, I just, you just want to, that, that, it's complex enough, but delicate and just not over the top. And you can drink a few of them if you want, if you don't want to like switch up styles and everything. They just, It's glorious, and I feel like if it didn't – actually, question for you guys. Do you think you would appreciate both this, because I guess this is where the conversation came from, this meeting, the West Coast IPA, or Pilsons, if you didn't go through that full circle moment type of thing where you came back Mm -hmm. to where you started? Because we were talking about the new guys, right? The new guys came in the game and went to – if they're in Vermont, you got into craft beer in 2018 – you're not going to know about the stuff that we know about. You're not going. To, you wouldn't have known. You probably wouldn't have heard of a brown ale. Like, you know what I'm saying? And
1: so, so it's funny. So it's funny you say brown ale, right? Um, I'll be honest. The beer that got me into craft beer was a brown ale. Yes. Which one? It was a Dun, it a Dundee honey brown ale. They don't okay. make it anymore. Okay. It's like a. It was a. It was a brewery out of like uh, Rochester, New York. Okay. But. It was the beer that, like, I bought it, and I'm like, okay, I can get behind this, and then I slowly opened up to the IPAs and everything else, as all of my friends in college were drinking, what, Natty Light or whatever, or PBR, I mean, PBR is delicious, but Natty oh, no. Light or
0: no. <laughs> anything. No, <he's-> uh, <laughs> Stop no. It. you're upsetting uh, me, Terry.
1: No, <laughs> one, no one, one, one here and there is not bad. Uh, I had a bad uh,
0: experience, but I feel you. I feel you. Okay. That's how I, <laughs> you feel, know how that's how so. I
1: feel about that's how I feel about Red Bull vodkas. It's a bad experience. Yeah, you have <laughs> that
2: as as done. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Dumb, we, we've all had bad. a bad experience with that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, no, but uh, brown ales, I agree. You need to have the full spectrum of every style.
2: Yeah. You
1: gotta try. You gotta try every style because your palette as an you know as an individual as a per- you know changes over the years right absolutely you know you may hate saison like personally i dislike saison's 10 years down the road i may love them who knows um levon might like black ipas tomorrow we have no idea but uh we can try think, to be yeah i think as a beer drinker right
2: it's Really unlikely needs- but
1: yeah You need to support, you know, your local friends, your local breweries. They may put a beer out that you may not like, but what do you need to do? You need to go out and support them and buy it and try it to see if your local brewer can change your mind
2: on it. And honestly, (laughs) um, so my family owns the other brewery in St. Albans. Okay. uh, 14 star uh, up the road. Okay. Yeah. Well so I I started out working there. When they first opened, we it's my mom's side of the family. She's one of fourteen oh, okay. um,
0: brothers and sisters. And she
2: really yeah, to yeah.
0: I interviewed oh, Andrea. What's that? I interview I had Andrea on a couple
2: years uh, ago. On, Andrea and Steven are yeah. oh they're they're my mom and my dad's um, nephew and niece and okay. my first cousin. Yeah. So when they first opened up, I worked there all the time. We used to do dishes for them. We used to help them can do all kinds of stuff. And honestly, that was really where I first got started in craft brewing. Like, I guess enjoying craft brewing and enjoying drinking craft brewing um, because I hadn't done a whole lot. I mean, I'd gone down to switchback. I'd gone down to... Fiddlehead and zero gravity, um, everything down in Burlington, but it wasn't. I wasn't into it until I started working in it.
0: So it took that experience working in beer to be exposed to it, and then your palate didn't immediately just go there. You you had to work
2: to experiencing what it takes to actually make a product, right? um, And not just drinking it um we helped them do everything i mean (laughs) from start to finish on a product in the kitchen we helped them with everything and it really opened my eyes to everything that happens inside a brewery and outside the brewery
0: interesting that's dope i mean i Um, i I like that that it it took that just to explain it to you but now you like you have the slow grind as opposed to like you get straight into it um, and, and to mm-hmm. actually experience what it's like to work in it and, and make it and see what goes into it yeah. to, to get that. But yeah, that that is something that I think is just unfortunately just missing for a lot of people today. So mm-hmm. maybe they're sitting there drinking those Pilsners or whatever because the hype breweries are making Pilsners for whatever reason It seems to have become a, uh, a product. You know, any brewery that's known for haze type of thing always tends to mm-hmm. have a Pilsner. Um, don't really know where that started, whatever, but like, so I wonder how many people who, you know, are drinking those things really appreciate it in a way that, you know, if you've been doing this for a while and you've kind of gone that full circle and you come back to it, that, you know, you get into it. So I totally respect that. An interesting point you made about the Saison though, like we're here in Quebec, Quebec is like the home of farmhouse because we're a big Belgian influence. I hated Quebec beer for years. I've lived in Montreal since 2012. So nine years coming up this summer. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't stand it, bro. Like, I was going to Toronto all the time, just bringing back beer from there. And um, eventually, do you know what got me onto it? He'll to be honest. Like, once you try, like, Anne or Dorothy, any of those, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is some other shit. And then you start to have these other more elevated saisons. The regular-ass saison that tastes like bubblegum and cloves can fuck right off. I don't know any of that business. But <laughs> these, like, more delicate things they are just glorious. It's a whole other thing. And I'm a bit of a, you know, it's not my, it's still not my thing. But, man, I yeah, I feel like there's always, there's got to be something. Like, I don't like barley wines, really. Uh, I don't like rouse beers, really. But I'm Barley wine to, is life. Everyone, yeah, B-I-L, everyone always says that. And yep. I'm willing to be convinced. I'm completely willing. It's just uh, yeah. it hasn't happened yet. But I feel like that if, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of was... Found founded bloggers and stuff were boring, but then now we come to this point and that's all I want. I feel like it's like a, an interesting point for consumers to be at because if it's happening with us, I'm on the adjacent, yeah. I'm adjacent to the industry. You boys are deep in the industry. But, you know, f- mm-hmm. for, for the folks who pay it a lot of attention to be, a, to be into all of that, is it. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, that's going to continue and that's spread out and wonder if spread right, Other styles. I mean, we make kind of joking a little bit about brown nails. I used to love brown nails back in the day too. What if will brown nails make the same level of a comeback as West Coasts as as Krispies? Like Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting. Um, Do you guys do a brown nail?
1: We not yet. Um, brown it out. So, up no, I, so we we earlier. I mean, I forgot to hit hit on this. Right, we talked about earlier about maple beer. Yes, and we how we have the maple porter. I do want to eventually do a maple brown ale. Love it. Um, never heard of
0: one. That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, Mom I mean, that's that's on my on my list. That's in a notebook somewhere. I've got like a list of like styles or at least beers that I want to hit or something or at least attempt on a on a trial batch system, right? Um again, yeah, brown ale, you don't see many. I would buy them every day of the week though, if I if I had the chance, if I had the choice.
2: I do love brown ale.
1: Yeah, yeah they go they go high.
0: Maybe it needs, you know, I'd be that you guys are the, the ones who can somewhat dictate What's out there because you're making beer. Just like my theory is that the every time I spoke to brewers, uh, you know they were always like, "Oh well, okay, you finish a hard shift, it's sweaty in there, you're lifting heavy things, and the last thing you want is an eight percent double IPA. You want to come out of the brewery, you want a five four point eight percent, you know,
2: lager. Pound the lager.
0: Pound that right. Yep. So what you know? Why uh, you know? Why can't? And I feel like because of that, brewers kept making. Las to the point where it became I, I it has to have played a part of it I think so can you if enough like a month enough of, if enough brewers you know, wanted to do brown nails or maybe coordinated, something like that or whatever random sort of style that would be coming back next, I wonder if it could be you know it could be a thing I don't know like they're not cool in the way that everything else is. You know, New England cocktails look sexy, and like fruit and stuff is bright and colorful and fruity and sweet and shit. Like, like I wonder how you get this little like standard British-looking brown ale thing to be cool. It's possible.
1: It's all about presentation. Find the right glass, right? Put, put it in the right glass. But no, I agree. Uh,
2: Glass ass or glass?
1: Glass. No, yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, but it's it's interesting. We like, you know, the Vermont Brewers, we have a good, yeah. good community. So we do chat a lot about things here. In, um, and it's only going to take one person. You know, we're a small community too as well, right? So it's only going to take one brewer to put out a badass brown ale, before everybody else copies, it, or at least makes an attempt. So maybe Mill River puts out the badass brown ale. That'd be nice.
0: I'm here for it. Is that an episode name? Badass brown ale. It could be. Could be. A,
1: could be a beer name for all we know too. I don't know. Ooh, think about that.
0: Could be a yeah. thing. Could change the game, please.
2: Brown Ales.
0: <laughs> brown Ales. That's a new one. I love it. The joke we always joke about here is uh, in Quebec they have a thing called a Roos, which is like a, a a red ale, really, but they, it's a red ale mixed with a cream ale. I think I'm not really sure how it's mixed yeah, with a cream, cream ale, ale. Yeah. but I always joke about you know you like you know team team roose. like because it's roose. it's the most boring style we can think of. It's like you know the, the thing Red ale you know, and like, a cream like, ale, huh? Yeah, which is. I don't know which part of it is incorporated in it because it just kind of looks like any standard red ale. But it's it couldn't be more yawn. It's boring as fuck. I love I think it's I hilarious. Mean, I mean, a cream,
2: ale, a cream ale is boring and then you just – Mix it with a red ale. Dark. You made a bit jaca. You just make it red. And then that's He's pretty making, boring. You make it
1: yeah. in amber. <laughs> I feel Wait, like – Hold on, hold on. A, yeah. A cream ale true. can be boring. If you have it with lemon and black tea and make it like an alcoholic Arnold Palmer, then it's delicious. Okay, yeah.
0: So then you that you—that was one on of it. our tea infusions. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. I feel like the brown ale could come back. I feel like if anyone can do it, you guys can do it. You guys can make the brown ale happen. Yep. I want to see it. I like it because it's just why not? Why not? They're actually great. Exactly. Nice They're little true. nutty, multi, caramely, like. Brown ale that's like you know five six percent, just tons of flavor. Shit. I haven't had I couldn't even tell you the last time I had a brown ale, but when I have had a fire brown ale, I'm like, God damn, that was good. And there have been, I can think of two in the last like five years that I've had them, and I've been like, Whoa, that was amazing! Which is a weird thing to say about a brown
2: that's ale. had a really good brown ale and they stopped making it.
0: You really messed up, you better get them. We'll get your cousin on the phone, bro, sort it
2: out. I don't know. <laughs> Tell them to the stop. Or
0: no, you know what? No, no, fuck that. You just do it. It's on you. You get the brown now. Now. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm over it. it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That was awesome, boys. Basically, did we cover everything? You think we got it all in?
1: Yeah, I feel I like Everything. So. I think. We
0: yeah, it yeah, it was good. We went through the beers. We got uh, the history. This is great, man. I really appreciate your time. It's been great to to oh, great. to meet you, Terry, and catch up, Yvonne. Because it's been been a couple years, and just man. a year. See where um, oh the thumbnail Tiffany's reminding me. I have to take a screenshot of the thumbnail, so hold up a couple cans or something. See, this is why I can't do this all by myself.
2: Thumbnail I can't my
0: Yeah, there so you go. Why I mean, you want to show your pretty face, don't you?
1: Oh do oh do I?
0: I don't know. I don't Oh, of course you do. There you go. Look, so I go like this, there we go. All good with both hands. Ready? Oh, that is stunning. Oh, that is gorgeous. I'm putting down (laughs) the Christmas card. Um, No, it's been really awesome, boys. Thank you so much for your time and for, uh, you know, it's great to to try the new beers and see where things are at and hear how things have changed and stuff. It's great. Um, I can't wait to get back. I don't know when on earth the uh, (laughs) border is going to open. Yeah, I mean, hopefully soon. And uh, hopefully there's not too many diseased Quebec people because you guys did pretty well and we did not do pretty well. So I would be yeah. almost in in the immediate proximity more concerned for you guys than for us because I know you guys are pretty bad overall, yeah. but Vermont didn't do bad. The country didn't do great, uh,
2: but you did a lot better Our whole restaurant and our whole staff, the brewery, everybody's vaccinated. So when you can come down, come down.
0: Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm counting the days. goddammit. it. Um, no, seriously, appreciate yeah, you guys both. Um, where can everybody find Mill River online? Or is that a Madison uh, question?
1: That's a Madison question, but ready? Uh, what is it? Hold on. I'll pull it Come on the internet real quick. There you go. I got two, I, yeah. I've got two monitors.
0: Oh, that's perfect. I, got it. so I think it's it, Mill River Brew,
1: isn't it, on Instagram? It's millriverbrewing.com.
0: Brewing.com. Yep.
1: Yeah. So we're on Instagram, Facebook. I believe, right? I'm not on. I'm not on Facebook, so I believe we're on Facebook. You are. Yeah. Uh, untapped. Yep. Untapped as well.
0: Everything's there.
1: For, yep. Everything's there. Our website. We try to keep it updated with our draft list, and we also have like a mailing list that Madison puts out a weekly newsletter. So if you want to get on the weekly newsletter, you can sign up for it. I believe on the website. Or, you know, info at MillRiverBrewing.com. Madison, I believe Madison or Levon's mom, Joyce, takes care of that. But they definitely can get you on the mailing list and just kind of keep your eyes out for us. Because we're going to be putting out some more new beer that you're not used to, at least in the St. Albans area. Brown ales.
0: I love it. Brown, brown,
1: brown ales and black IPAs.
0: Ooh. That's all you guys are going to do. Maybe a black lager. Maybe.
1: Ooh, and, and a short bear <laughs> and, and a Roush Ra- beer. We're, we're good.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a done deal. It's the Nobles killing it. Um, this is awesome. I'm going to wrap this up. Stick around the end of the call and we can say, say pieces before we wrap up the live. So everybody, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media everywhere at BAOS Podcast and check out the loan for more. Yes, you can hear attractive gentlemen in Vermont like Levon and Terry. We are back tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you guys then. Peace.